Conversation cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this Boxing Day, the 26th day of December, 2022. This is the Horn, head on dot live. It's where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. Yes, this program is live. And uh, if you'd like to be part of the Mary Whoop Madcap Wacky Zany Real-Time Madcap Multimedia Extravaganza that is the Horn chat room during the three hours in which this program is live, well... Hop on by head on dot live, click on chat room, pick yourself out a screen name and a password and you'll be greeted by early arrivers Squeaky and Ralphs and capably moderated by longtime inveterate indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky and uh, assisted by uh, Horn Chief Agronomist and Mathematician Roger in Oregon. Hi, I'm Robin. It's the uh, day after Christmas. Um... Some 200 million of the 330 to 350 millions of Americans are uh, dealing with hellacious cold. And, uh, well, we'll get into get into all of that as the program uh, proceeds. Yes. And, uh, let's see. Well, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude. And this program is no different, so that means we say thank you to our 26th and 25th and 24th day of the month subscribers. That means thank you. Thank you so very kindly to uh, our dear friend Emilio. Thank you. And thanks as well to uh, Ralphs. Thank you, Ralphs. Um, thank you to Sharon. Thank you to Mark. Thank you to Peter. And uh, uh, thank you to an anonymous friend. We would have been at uh, $1,630 to finish December, the final week of 2022, but we are, uh, thanks to our anonymous friend, only at 1500 Thank you. Thank you, Josh. Thank you to our friend Samson. Thank you. Uh, one and all for being partial sponsors of the program. Thank you, Ralphs, for getting us started with a Christmas gift this evening. Um, so uh, where where do we where do we stand? Well, it's uh, 
uh, let's see, quick, and yeah, we are at $1,460 to finish the week, finish the month, and finish the year, and get some bills paid before, uh, get some more bills paid before the new year, because now we're running downhill to the, uh, on the uh, water bill. Which is hilarious, really, uh, when you consider that, uh, well, never mind, we'll get to all of that. Um, things, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to complain about how things are here, um, because they are ever so much worse elsewhere. Poor Buffalo, New York, and the, the, the greater Buffalo area up by the lakes, and dear heavenly days, um, it just how awful. Um, sorry, I'm sorting it. We had some rewiring going on here in the studio, and that's part of why things are a bit of a mess. Sorry. Come on. No, that's wrong. <clears throat> See, people who aren't supposed to be back here come back here and do things. It makes my life more difficult. A lot more difficult. Okay, there, all better. Things are charging that weren't charging. Um, no, the 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 the, fro the frozen hellscape of Buffalo and um, some 38, 38 people dead in twenty twenty one in the United States of America, supposedly the greatest country in the history of the world on earth now today forever in the universe under God amen young people old people people uh, stranded outside people who died because the ambulances couldn't get to them people who died shoveling snow you know that's the one that just oh my heavens a couple of people literally had cardiac events shoveling snow um here, here, um, miraculously, the power stayed on, although Christmas Eve into Christmas, we were under a please turn off whatever you can turn off order from uh, um, Appalachian Power because they said that the grid was on the brink of collapse. I can believe it. Uh, here's a fun thing uh, just to take into account. Did you know that when you look on your phone and it says that the temperature outside is minus four degrees, it looks like a stick figure taking a dump? Sorry, there's, there's really no other way to say it, but it's absolutely true. It just does, with the minus sign being the... Well, you get the idea. Um, a friend of mine pointed that out, and it was, a, it was kind of a high point. In, uh, 
in the last couple of days because we certainly needed a giggle. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of our Christmas plans sort of took a turn for the, uh, you know, not the worst, but a turn for the, hey, we're not going to do that. Um, you all know that I'm absolutely obsessed with doing a standing rib of beef every Christmas. We did not do that because, among other things, a uh, uh, some Christian guy ran through, went through um, like Kroger's and Walmart across the river, and uh, placed a grocery store called Grants in Oak Hill and Piggly Wiggly up the road from me. And bought all the standing ribs of beef. All of them. Every last one of them. So when I looked at my, my, my buddy, the manager at Piggly Wiggins, and said, where's the standing ribs? He, he, he replied, uh, well, had one for you, had one for me. Guy came through, bought them all. Uh, because... Well, I guess the mega church decided they were going to have standing rib of beef for Christmas there. And got them all. I don't know if he got them all in Beckley, too. I mean, must have been a mega church or something. So we didn't do that. And instead, it was very low key because, you know, with the warning about electrical usage and stuff, we tried to keep that down to a minimum. But we had a lovely time. We had a lovely time because it was time together, and we had um, we, we we had we had two precious little people in the house, and they're the ones who really make Christmas, aren't they? And little Junie had her first Christmas, and Ferg roasted a duck, a duck. She weighs the same as a duck. Well, I don't weigh the same as a duck, and so fortunately, I guess that means I'm not a witch. They dressed me up like this. And this isn't my nose. It's a false one. And I haven't turned anyone into a newt. But we're here. And that's what matters most. It got to be... Oh, uh, the, the, the uh, thermometer on the wall here, which has apparently found its way back to correct. I don't know if, it was, I don't, I don't know if we were having some sort of... Uh, chronosynclastic infundibulum in here the other night when when it was Thursday and said it was Friday, but everything squared around again, and yeah, it's, this, it's Monday, it's December the 26th, it's Berg's 27th birthday, um, but uh, between here, and then I, I went on quest for fire and found propane, uh, It's uh, we've actually, uh, through Annette's concerted efforts, She's actually gotten it up to 68 degrees in here right now, which is absolutely livable. Um, it was brutal when I left here on Friday evening. It only got worse over the weekend. Um, it got down in it, it. It got down to brutally cold in here, and, and I think it was. I think it was in the 40s in the bedroom. So we spent a lot of uh, a lot of time under a lot of covers. Um, spoke to a cousin in New York earlier today, and she said they their 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 heating oil ran out over the over the Christmas holidays. And yeah, um, so they stayed warm under a whole lot of covers. But well, 
this is a cli- this is this is a climate change world where where you know climatological meteorological extreme events are to be expected. And of course, it's not going to stay uh, by. Uh, let me see here. What is it? Uh, yeah, by by New Year's, it should be downright pleasant. Uh, well, pleasant if you don't count, you know, the chance of rain and stuff or sleep. Uh, New Year's Eve, we're looking at a high of 58. New Year's Day, a high of 56. And uh, the overnight lows get into above freezing uh, Friday. And then it's just uh, weirdly unseasonable for a while. We've got a couple of beautiful, although frigid, days coming Wednesday and Thursday. So that's... Oh, okay, I heard a noise. Stand by. Uh, so, uh, we'll see. We'll see where it all takes us. But it's been a weird couple or three days, and and, and you know, frankly, unpleasant. Uh, but if you if you if you ever look on your phone and see that it's minus four degrees outside, you should probably get a pretty good giggle out of it. Uh, thank you to Henry, Henry in Oakland. Thank you so much for jumping in, and getting us uh, getting us started during the live portion of the program. So that means we're down to uh, 1435. Thank you, Henry. Thank uh, more than more than I can state. Thank you. Now, where to begin? Uh, you know, it's the day after Christmas, and I don't want to just uh, jump into the humbug and the pissed offedness. But well, Christmas morning, I kind of woke up that way. And what do I mean by that? I mean, I woke up Christmas morning and saw the news that notable Christian Greg Asbot had loaded asylum seekers, and by loaded I mean kidnapped, onto buses and sent them to be dropped off in below, below zero temperatures at the United States Naval Observatory, which serves as the uh, residence of the Vice President of the United States, namely Vice President Kamala Harris. They were offloaded from the buses, wearing in some cases nothing more than T-shirts, in an act of monumental cruelty perpetrated by Greg Aspot, who, sadly, will have no consequences whatsoever for his cruel and inhumane actions. I mean, it would be great, you know, seeing as how these, these buses crossed state lines and, the lo- and, and whatnot. And he's been doing this for a while. It just seemed extra double-plus shitty that he did it to them on Christmas. These are asylum seekers. You know, the huddled masses yearning to breathe free, like um, Emma Lazarus's poem says on the Statue of Liberty. But Greg Asbot despises him some brown people, so naturally he, found, he wanted to find a way to use them as political leverage. And so, although they were fragile, uh, 
although they are marginalized, although they have no voice, he literally, what other word is there to use besides kidnapped? He, he, he kidnapped them onto buses and sent them up to a place where they might well die of exposure, you know, on Christmas. Imagine that. Brown people turned away from food and shelter and sent into the freezing cold. He's been playing these games for a while, and no one will do anything about Greg Asbot. I kind of, I kind of wish there was, uh, well, I don't know, uh, uh, an ambitious young lawyer at the United States Department of Justice, perhaps, who would start combing through the U.S. Code and find a uh, and, and find a criminal statute that that lawyer could then take into a grand jury and say. Well, uh, it's, it, okay. Here's the statute. Here's what happened. Is it more than not more? Is it more likely than not that a crime was committed? You think? And uh, is it more likely than not that Greg Asbot down in Austin, Texas, is the one who committed the crime? Yes. Goody. Can I please have a true bill and charge Greg Asbot with a big old honking boatload of felonies to be tried in the federal court of say mm, Washington D.C. Yeah, exactly, Randy Radar. No room at the inn. No room in Texas. I mean, when you send people without anything more on them than a T-shirt into uh, zero and below zero cold, how the isn't that not attempted murder? Uh, uh, right there with you, Irish Dave. Reckless endangerment, anybody? And then there's the kidnapping, because there were pro- there had to be some false pretenses involved. Now, if there's an upside to this horrifying story, it is that organizations were ready, you know, organizations that actually care about uh, asylum seekers and immigrants as opposed to Greg Asbot, who simply wants to use them as political footballs. Um, Somewhere between 110 and 130 people were dumped outside the vice presidential residence Saturday. The temperatures at the time were around 15 degrees Fahrenheit. I know. Did you know that... And thank you for this, Claire, our friend Claire across the pond. There's only four countries now that still use the Fahrenheit scale. It's us and Belize and a couple of others. Because back in the 1970s, people threw conniptions over the possibility of switching to the metric system. And there were cries of Oh, I don't know, communism and the like being associated with the metrics. I don't know exactly how that was supposed to work, but somehow or another we were all going to be uh, 
commies marching up and down and, 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 and singing the Internationale if we use the same standard of measurement that the rest of the world uses, even well, the you know, massive commie plot. We, we are a paranoid country. Um, it was last spring when Greg Asbot in Texas said that he would start stuffing buses with migrants and sending them uh, to Washington, D.C., New York City, and Chicago. And then uh, other dickhead Republican governors got in on the act. Uh, Ron, um, uh, Ron Monkey Up DeClantis and Doug Douchey, Florida and Arizona. And, of course, the states are, you know, taxpayer funds are used for the buses. And I'm damned if I can figure out how any of this is legal. And the smartassery, for, because that's all he is. He's just a punk-ass little smartass. Uh, Greg Asplot said, well, we're sending the people to sanctuary cities. That's what we're doing. Because, you know, Greg Asbot, although he talks a big game about being a Christian, isn't very much uh, for walking the walk. You know, he's one of those guys that reminds you of that verse in St. James where um, it says faith without works is dead. Yeah, he just wants to put them on a bus and send them into the freezing cold. All under the all under the guise of highlighting the immigration crisis at the border. You know why there's a humanitarian crisis at the border? Because Greg Asbot is the governor of Texas and because, because uh, Doug Douchey is the governor of Arizona. You'll notice there's no immigration crisis at the border in California or New Mexico because there aren't governors there trying to turn it into a uh, in, into a into a political talking point. Yeah, you're right, Randy Radar. Kidnapping by inveiglement? Sure. And you know when he when he said that he would send busloads of kidnapped immigrants to D.C., New York, Chicago, etc. For the life of me, I can't... I guess somebody decided it would be politically improper to maybe file for a restraining order against him and stop him. Oh, well. I mean, this... What, what we're talking about here is a sign... You know, the, the fact that we have immigrants to this country, the fact that immigrants want to come to this country, is not a sign of collapse. The sign of collapse comes in the response to it in places like Texas and Arizona and Florida. And... Uh, so... Greg Asbot down in Texas claims that we're being overwhelmed. Well, the only thing they're being overwhelmed by in places like Texas 
is good old-fashioned 200-proof Christian hate. And so, uh, you know, the cities like El Paso get no help from Greg Asbot because that's not the point. Uh, and Darlene in Connecticut points out, it's a terrible situation in Buffalo. I hope Biden's sending in help such as the military or National Guard to set up warming centers and transport people in distress to those centers. Buffalo is expected to get another foot of snow and people are in their homes with no power and freezing temperatures. My eldest nephew and his girlfriend work for a tree service company in Maine. No Christmas for them. He posted they were contending with 200,000 power outages. He also stated a warning about what to do if you see downed wires, including not to touch whatever might be touching the wires. He seemed to be happy doing a public service to help others. I implored him to be careful. He also says it has a sense of humor in the Christmas spirit, having placed a wreath with a red bow on the front of one of the company's bucket trucks he was using. I complimented him, and he proudly relayed, Yes, thank you. Five dollars at Home Depot. Small price to pay to make someone's day. So, I wish something could be done. I wonder, you know, when when we we talked about that dumbass story on Friday about how there's a book coming out that's gonna, it's gonna quote, it's gonna quote President Biden using the f bomb, and then apologizing for using the f bomb among, you know, around any ladies on his staff. You know what? I think it'd be one f bomb after another if, if if I was the president of the United States or any of us were. And there would probably be some mother in front of those some of those f bombs, and the and it would be in a participial form, and the name Abbott would be after it. Greg Abbott is uh, Greg Abbott was trying to kill people. He sure as hell was. And so, to the extent that that was a heinously immoral act, not to mention possibly criminal. Get a lawyer on that, would you? Attorney General Garland? Well, that immoral, unchristian act was supported by every Texan who cast a vote for Greg Asbot in November. It's the downhill effect of American politics. Yes, the politicians do horrible things. But it's the people who vote for them that give them the power to do those horrible things. So probably yesterday, Christmas Day, and mega churches and Baptist tabernacles and various herpetological cemeteries. Uh, yeah. All over Texas, they were singing and singing Christmas carols. Oh, come all ye faithful, 
joyful and triumphant and get on this fucking bus and go to Washington, D.C. so that maybe there can be some politics made out of it. Got to make some hay while the sun shines, y'all. I mean, I wonder if there are any Christians in Texas who find that to be absolutely repugnant. You know, he said he was sending them to uh, to, to sanctuary cities. Um, he would have been far better served to have said that to have said that he was sending them to places that had actual, real, live, no kidding Christians—the real kind in them, the kind who understand that their avatar was born in a manger because the wealthy people wouldn't let them stay in an inn even though Mary was in labor. I mean, if you think about that myth, it's, it's pretty profound. And it, it, yeah. It's pretty profound. And it speaks to economic bigotry, maybe ethnic bigotry. It gives you the idea that uh, maybe... Bethlehem wasn't all that nice of a place. I mean, it, you're not married yet, Joseph? No, no, no. And uh, that, that, uh, that little teenager you've got out there on the back of the donkey, that's your, uh, well, we are, we are, we are, we are espoused to be married. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, good for you. Actually, uh, God Almighty did that. Really, Joseph? Been hitting the Hanukkah wine a little early? Have you? Well, anyway, doesn't matter. There's no room for your kind here. So, um, I don't know. See if you can... See if you can scrounge up some straw and let her squat over a manger. No, I'm sure that I'm sure that Jesus that Greg Asbot worships is a much more muscular savior. Probably emerged from the womb with an AR fifteen in each hand and ready to raise hell. Uh Scott in San, uh, in San Diego, hope you're feeling better. I had a uh, nice note over the weekend, Scott. Um, a long-standing friend of the program, Felicia, who uh, is formerly of Nebraska but now of San Diego. Felicia wrote me a note and said, Merry Christmas, Robin. I became a fan because of the way this community treated Mr. Stress so many years ago. If I can help Scott in any way, I'd like to. I'm here in San Diego and extend friendship and support. Please let Scott know. I'm on vacation the next 10 days, and my husband and adult children are all comfy and well. That means I have some flexibility. Take good care. Signed, Felicia. It's lovely. It's absolutely lovely how this community rallies around the members thereof. So, you know, you've got, uh, you've got, you've got friends that you may not even know about, Scott. 
now you know about Felicia. So uh, reach out to me. She sent me her phone number. If you need anything, she wants to be of help. Thank you, Felicia. That's so kind. Uh, Scott said uh, number stuff. Base 8 is just like base 10, really, if you're missing two fingers. That from uh, Tom Lehrer. And Scott added, uh, you, you talk of Celsius and metric stuff. Your talk about that made me think of the Lehrer quote. I get it. And, of course, it's not precisely, as Claire went on to edu- educate me over the weekend, you know, it's not part of the metric system per se. Uh, Professor Celsius invented the Celsius scale because it's because it just makes sense. The point at which water freezes is zero, and the point at which boils is a hundred, and everything else is in between. Or, well, you get the idea. And it would be ever so much easier if we all just. You know, I mean, I could I could get used to. Um, I could get used to, you know, below freezing being below zero. Might make being below zero not quite so heinous as it is right now. And the Fahrenheit scale does make no sense. But I should add that we had, uh, uh, we we had, uh, we did have lovely goodies out to snack on and everything. Uh, um, the the lovely German pastries that Chris sent along and. Um, it was. It was. It, it, it's all been delightful, and I'm probably even, even though even though I didn't get to go around and go out and mess around with the smoker and stuff, um, still wind up probably putting on weight as a result of the uh, Christmas snacking. And in manger breaking news, Scott says, meanwhile the three wise guys who followed the star all the damn way to the scene were heard to exclaim, "What do you mean it's a girl?" <laughs> well. Maybe just non-binary. Um, saw a cartoon with the, the three wise guys when, when I was saying, "Okay, we got the gold here. We got the myrrh. What the hell have you got?" And the third wise man standing there with Frankenstein. Um, never mind. And Lee informs me there is no Hanukkah wine. Of course, that will not stop people. Some people from being drunk. Well, I mean, there's no Christmas wine either, but uh, yeah, and that's another. The, the eggnog will happen. It just didn't happen this weekend. It became it, well, with everything sort of well frozen. It became difficult to do dishes and things like that. So. But at least there are no burst pipes, because we took care of that a couple of years ago and put in pecs instead of. Uh, that that chicken bony PVC pipe that freezes at a at a at a, at a low look. Yeah. We've got over in the chat room. We've got a room full of cops. Rogers moderating. I'm in there as a moderator. I don't moderate. Uh, Sparky's moderating. Steve, uh, Brother Bishop Steve from Georgia stands in there moderating. Uh, <laughs> all for all for Irish Dave and Squeaky. 
You guys watch your ass. Everybody, ever, yeah. Steve just noted, too many cops, man. Too many cops. I know. A little intimidating, isn't it? Uh, let's see. Oh, where to go? Oh, uh, well, of course. Why not? Uh, President Biden, of course, delivered his Christmas wishes to the nation and the world. And he did so in uh, fine fashion. It was uh, it was a lovely sentiment he put forward. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. I know where to look. Yeah, there it is. President Biden tweeted, There is a certain stillness at the center of the Christmas story. A silent night when all the world goes quiet. And all the clamor, everything that divides us, fades away in the stillness of a winter's evening. I wish you that peace this Christmas Eve. Meanwhile, over on Truth Social, and and yeah, I, I we we uh, Christmas Eve we watched "It's a Wonderful Life" and I had my annual Christmas cry. It's kind of cleansing. I just bawled. Can't help it. Yeah, when you, you know, Zuzu pedals, you know, Mary, right? Um, but over on Truth Social, Mister Potter. Uh, Call me a, a hateful old man. When actually, John, truth be told, during the making, John Barrymore, who played the villain, Mr. Potter, was an absolutely absolute sweetheart of a human being. But the more I looked at him on the screen, the more I realized that Nitwit Nero uh, is slowly morphing into Mr. Potter. And so instead of reading this in my usual horrible Trump voice, I'm going to go with Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. Man, Merry Christmas to everyone, including the radical left Marxists that are trying to destroy our country. The Federal Bureau of Investigation is illegally coercing and paying social lamestream media to push for a mentally disabled Democrat over the brilliant, clairvoyant, and USA-loving Donald J. Trump, and of course the Department of Injustice, which appointed a special prosecutor who hates, who together with his wife and family, hates Trump more than any other person on earth. Love to all! Yeah, um, Nitwit Nero. Now maybe a chorus of Away in a Manger? Yeah, or not. President Obama had a 
lovely message. And, uh, well, not content to have sent out his uh, his 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 truth social message. You might want to get the bucket. I mean. Imagine this is what this is what's consuming you on, you know, Christmas Day. Pushed an absurd and discredited story where I supposedly lunged for the steering wheel in an attempt to commandeer a presidential limousine. Think of it. I lunged for a steering wheel and they believe that story. Nobody believes that story. The committee barely even discussed the catastrophic security failures at the Capitol. And they didn't discuss the other thing, the reason that everybody went there, the election, which was a corrupt disaster. They did not discuss why the doors were flung wide open for people to walk right in. And they didn't discuss the role of federal informants. These are sick people. These are Marxists. And they're very dangerous and very bad people. The boxes hoax where if you take a look at that one, they raided Mar-a-Lago and other the Presidential Records Act, they're not allowed to do that. And then if you look at the Clinton Sox case, it's a total victory for all presidents that leave the White House with things. So that's another hoax, Bangs. a big hoax. And they put a major Trump hater and his family is a major Trump hater and his Friends are all Trump haters, and he's in charge of this investigation. The people aren't going to stand for it. Wonder who he thinks those people are. I don't know. And you know the the way he the way he you know mixes words around. Is Trump hater is that like a German compound noun now? T-R-U-M-P-H-A-T-E-R. And in that case, does the P-H become a diphthong and is a trumpeter? I don't know. But what a loon. And there is some stuff to catch up with. Uh, this Witness is... Then. Hold on. This is... This is... Uh, this is delightful. Um... This goes back to the omnibus bill uh, that got passed so that we can keep the government running. And of course the, the all the all the all the maggots were absolutely filled with outrage, I tell you, outrage at this at, at, and we're indebting children, not generations not yet born or, or Oh, shut up! It's almost like Clay, it's almost like Clay Higgins doesn't know we print our own money. Maybe, maybe, maybe he spends Confederate money. I, but Clay Higgins, of course, is a member of the House of Representatives from down Louisiana, Stan, and he's a humongous maggot. And the way he became a member of Congress is that, uh, as a law enforcement officer. He beat the shit out of enough people, most of them not exactly white, uh, that he became famous as a law and order Republican. 
And so he, he, he went to Congress where he does stupid things like this, and this is a... The oh, this is... of a nation once great... No, to shut up, Clay. Uh, this is a moment. Uh, people were standing up to speak for one minute in regard to the debate over the omnibus bill. Nobody was going to change anybody else's mind. But he's a maggot. And therefore, he's not particularly intelligent. President Biden has long since signed the bill into law. And uh, over on the other side was a Massachusetts congressman by the name of McGovern. And you get the idea that he was just waiting. He, 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 was, he was waiting like a... I don't know, like a panther in the bushes, just getting ready to leap out and just row and, and just because ah. Clay Higgins is, a, and, and this is a complicated political term, an idiot. You don't have to get the hockey puck or anything. Um, you might have some tissues handy if you start laughing uh, so hard that you begin to cry, uh, because this is funny. One minute. Witness, then, the demise of a nation once great. Oh, somebody spent some time writing this. Witness, then, the demise. Who talks like that? Nobody. I mean, I write like that every now and then, but I know what I'm doing when I do that because I'm, I'm an actual user, right, practitioner of the art of word knowing. Witness, then, the demise of a once great country. Mm-hmm. Oh, he got him some oratory going here is what he's got. That yeah, you know it. One minute. Witness then the demise of a nation once great. Witness the arrogance of thieves in suits from their wealth and comfort as they spend the American treasure of generations yet unborn. Witness as they smile in full knowledge that they're comfortable. Now, now, note that he says witness dot, 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 as they smile because he's looking over at the other side of the house and Jim McGovern's over there apparently has a grin on his face like a fox eating shit out of a wire brush. And he would be the panther in the bushes getting ready to pounce. They got panthers in Massachusetts. I don't think there's any panthers in Massachusetts anymore. Or as they probably pronounce it down in Louisiana, stand, Massachusetts. Can't pronounce it, can't spell it, don't want nothing to do with it. Bunch of liberals! Witness the smiling, smirking of oh, the people wearing suits. As they smile in full knowledge that they're comfortable with taking the position that they're better managers of our nation's decline. But witness ye also that the American people have had enough. You wait a minute. Did he just name check the witness ye also? Well, 
Yeet off, I hope you're paying attention. But witness ye also that the American people have had enough. We struggle, we the people, Americans from sea to shining sea, cannot pay for groceries or fuel. They're cold and hungry and feel betrayed by this body. And I understand that sentiment and passion because I share it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're hungry and cold, aren't you, Clay? Yeah, I can see. I can see. I can see your little old ribs sticking out through your little old bespoke suit there. Pretty sure he don't dress off the rack. I thank the gentleman for my time, and I stand opposed. The gentleman's time has expired. Yeah, he stands opposed to this omnibus. Oh, Lordy, he would have been hell in the House of Representatives to say, you know, 1859. The American people are absolutely opposed to this here. Abraham Lincoln was coming to Washington, D.C. as a better manager of the... Uh, oh, shut up. But here... You know, I've referenced on the program on a number of occasions W.C. Fields' three commandments. You know, they are, you can't cheat an honest man, never give a sucker an even break, and don't smarten up a chump. But I seldom mention what Fields says in front of that. He says, you know, my old pappy said something to me once, just before they swung the trap. Well, this is a little like that. Because Clay Higgins yields, and he ain't going to have no more of it, nothing to do with it, because he opposes this here omnibus. But he's not going to get out of the room <laughs> before he gets a hiding. Thank the gentleman for my time, and I stand opposed. The gentleman's time has expired. Omnibus. Gentleman from Pennsylvania Reserve, gentleman from Massachusetts is recognized. Mr. Speaker, may I inquire for the gentleman? Yeah, I, I think I should tell the gentleman who just spoke that I'm told that his veterans bill is actually in the omnibus. Uh, he's got a bill in this in this omnibus. But I, I, may can I inquire from the gentleman from Pennsylvania how many more speakers that he has? No more speakers, uh, Mr. Chairman. I'm prepared to close. And even even the, the gentleman from Pennsylvania on the other side's got a little grin on his face, going, "Wow, that shit that shithead just got owned, and he's a member of my own party." Yeah, he was sitting there declaiming, witness ye! <laughs> when he had a bill for veterans inside the omnibus that he was hoping the chumps wouldn't notice. So he voted against his own bill for veterans. You're a smart one, Mr. Potter. <laughs> no, Higgins. You really are a twit. Careful there. Witness then, witness then, yes. I can't decide if that was something out of Dickens or something out of Dune. Kind of hard to tell, really.
And I, lo I love how the transcript. <laughs> but witness ye also, and then brackets, editorial brackets, yes, he said ye. Um. And the best part, perhaps, is when uh, the guy from Pennsylvania says, uh, I'm prepared to close. And Jim McGovern says, Thank God. Okay. Uh. Thank God. You, you, you mean... You, you mean Clay Higgins isn't going to... Wait a minute. Don't you... Don't... don't where, where's Chip Roy from Dribbling Deck, Texas? Because um, he, um, he, Chip Roy from Dribbling Deck, did did do some talking, and he was he was a raisin of some hail. And he, you know, he's got his little guy's little confederate his little Confederate cavalry colonel chin whiskers going on, but his head shaved, and, and he's upset too. Half this body's not even gonna be here. And they're lying. They're lying on forms saying that they're voting by proxy for COVID. And it's a lie. And half this body's going to do it. You know it. And it's destroying this country. I'm not going to just sit here and roll over on this. This is going to continue. The American people Gentleman's are going to know expired. precisely what's happening to them by the people's house. Gentleman, I yield back. Gentleman's time has expired. The gentleman from Pennsylvania reserves. The gentleman from Massachusetts is recognized. Uh, members are reminded to direct their uh, comments to the chair. Gentleman from Massachusetts is because because Chip Roy from Dribbling Dick or Gonorrhea Gulch or Syphilis Springs or wherever the hell he's from, uh, it was yelling directly. At Jim McGovern from Massachusetts. I, I thought we were going to have one of them 1840s things go down where somebody got whooped with a cane or something. Maybe some, maybe some sword play in the well of the house or something. And, and Mr. Speaker, I want to remind the members that the microphones are working. Uh, people don't have to shout. But uh, in any event, um, let, me, uh, let me say that it wasn't me. Well, by God, I'll shout if I feel like I need to shout. I'm only shouting for the American people because the American people is so upset. Never even realizing that uh, he doesn't speak for anything resembling a majority, actually. That the only reason that the, that the, the, the Republicans are going to take a minimal amount of control of the House of Representatives is because of some pretty wild-ass gerrymandering. But there's calm, cool, and collected Jim McGovern saying, uh, yeah, um, the mics are on, they work. He who said that uh, Republicans didn't come to the table, that was Republican Senator uh, Richard Shelby. Uh, so I mentioned that earlier. Um, I also want to say, you know, there are people who come to the floor and yell and scream um, about the process, and yet, what is their plan? Their plan is vengeance. Um, I want to take a moment uh, to thank the 18 Republican senators, including the senior sen senator from Texas. Sen you know, same place where Dribbling Dick, Texas is, yeah, yeah. Senator Cornyn, who voted for this bill. I don't think the senior senator from Texas voted for the omnibus because he thought it was bad for Texas or that it would destroy the country. 
Uh, quite the contrary. And I want to thank him for his vote. Decent, collegial, amiable. Yeah, and the microphones are working. Chip, if that really is your name. Yeah. So, uh... So we've got all of that. And... A little something popped into the national zeitgeist. Namely, uh, Olivia Nuzzi appeared on CNN uh, today. And she writes for New York Magazine. And she said that uh, one of her sources inside the White House, a former Trump advisor... said that, uh, well, Nitwit Nero kind of, well, no, he just came unglued back during the COVID lockdown. Olivia Nuzzi takes a deep dive look at former President Trump's, quote, quiet and lonely run for re-election. CNN has reported that allies are worried about Trump's slow start and the direction of his campaign. Nuzzi, for her part, interviews Trump It is a fascinating read. She also talks to some of his closest aides. One advisor tells her, quote, he has retreated to the golf course and to Mar-a-Lago. His world has gotten much smaller. His world is so, so small. Close quote. Olivia Nuzzi joins us now. Uh, This is so riveting, uh, but I want to start with the headline because your headline on the piece is inside his sad, lonely, thirsty, broken, basically pretend run for re-election. But then it in parentheses, which isn't to say he can't win. What did you learn? It's very subtle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think I think the uh, sweep of history of the last seven years or so since Donald Trump was first running for the Republican nomination in 2015 um, proves that stranger things have happened and strange things may continue to happen. And it's important to always uh, to always factor that in. And when I was working on this piece, I was going back and you know watching those primary debates, reading the coverage from that first period of that campaign, um, and it was sort of humbling to to see just how wrong everybody was, just how wrong I was, uh, just how wrong a lot of us were. Um, And so I was trying to keep that in mind as I was assessing um, this campaign, which is not going well. I mean, the only thing that they've really done so far in this campaign is uh, is releasing an NFT collection. And Donald Trump had dinner with a white supremacist and Kanye West. So that's, uh, by any standard, not going great. I suspect the more, though, that we in the media talk about him and he hears this, he tends to be reactive. So it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to your piece, uh, which was, girl, I don't know. What, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of comments about it. Um, I want to read another quote from your piece that speaks to the sort of magic is gone idea. Uh, it's, you say, quote, in this business, you can have it and have it so hot and it can go overnight and it's gone, and you can't get it back. I think we're just seeing it's gone. The magic is gone, according to uh, an advisor. Um, When you say the magic is gone, he's saying he's not going to be able to get it back. Um, And he is right now the only person running as a Republican for the 2024 uh, president, the presidency in 2024. Um, What do you see that, how is that going to affect all the people who have stood by him? 
Yeah, you know, that was an advisor speaking to me saying that the magic is gone and, and that uh, this person did not was not sure that, that Trump would be able to get it back. Um, I think that's sort of the the difficult thing about a campaign that is just really about a personality, right, is that even if it were uh, to be run in a really um, common sense way, it was really well run, uh, would it really matter if the personality that the whole thing is built around, that the entire political movement is about, um, if, if that personality is not really on, on his game, if he's like lost his mojo in some way? Um, I don't know. Um, but I think that, you know, Donald Trump, when he's cooped up, when he's got his wings clipped, historically is kind of a dangerous creature who's prone to listening to even crazier ideas than normal and, and doing even crazier things. I won a uh, former White House official in this piece talking about before the insurrection, before uh, he officially lost the campaign in 2020, um, already he had become this sort of terrifying figure who, in his COVID isolation in the White House, um, kind of locked away and kept from having contact with regular Americans or just with more normal people um, who might be around him in a, in a busy place like the West Wing. Um, he really had cracked and begun to lose his mind and that this person began to move further and further away from him. But, you know, Sarah, in terms of what uh, Trump might think about this piece, it's like an eight or nine thousand word piece. I don't know that he's going to be sitting down to read it. I think he'll probably just look at the cover, look at the headline and think, eh, it's fake news and move on from there. I, but it, first of all, he talks to you. So, I mean, uh, you know, that is. Well, <laughs> go ahead. He loves, he loves attention um, sure. and uh, women and magazines in that order. So okay. I don't think it's all that. That's surprising. Wow. Okay. Um, you said it. Um, no, it, it, I joked when I came in this one to the team. I'm like, Olivia's piece was amazing. It took me like an hour to read. <laughs> no, it was really was great. But I just, before you go, I want to get to one thing, because you open up by talking about how for 28 days he has not, since he announced, he has not left the state of Florida. And then he's like, I leave all the time. I go to Miami. But it's really to go to, like, Doral and golf, right? Yeah. So talk, I mean, just talk about that and that this, this, theme that runs through the piece of smallness, which is just antithetical to what he wants and how he perceives himself. Yeah, I mean, in 2015, remember, he announced much closer to the actual nominating contests. But when he came down into the atrium of Trump Tower on that fabled escalator ride to hell, um, he then immediately left and got on Trump Force One, as he was calling his private plane, went to Iowa. The following day, he went to New Hampshire. Um, and then shortly after that, he went down to the border with Rudy Giuliani. And so it was a very quick, um, very, like, rapid uh, him just going directly onto the campaign trail, not really stopping until until he won the election. And this time he invited people to like his living room and he hasn't left since. Um, and, and the campaign is like very obviously self-conscious because the candidate is self-conscious about this and they're doing their best to claim that he's extraordinarily busy. They sent me this list of events. Um, it was 11 events that he had allegedly taken part in uh, since the announcement, including the announcement itself, um, including like five video events that he was not actually physically at, including a bunch of things also at Mar-a-Lago. Um, he just isn't all that busy and the midterms are over and I guess there's not a lot of justification for a um, for a MAGA rally at this point. Um, and he is stuck there. He's at Mar-a-Lago and playing golf and people are coming to see him. And I don't think that uh, that he really knows what to do with himself in this sort of lame duck period. That's the only candidate he's running against himself.
at the at this point. All right, Olivia Newsy, thank you so much. By the way, I'm halfway through, so it's, forgive me. But it's <laughs> you're such a, a, a great writer that I will oh, read thanks. the rest. So thank you so and much for coming. Every word is so deliberate. Yeah, it's oh, a great piece. Thank you. Oh my God, he he leaves Florida all the time to go to Miami. <sighs> yeah, I'm right there with you, uh, uh, Lee in New York. The magic is gone. I'm waiting for the disappearing act. Yeah, I'm waiting. The magic is gone. I'm waiting for the magician to, 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 to follow the magic and go to. Right. Where the hell is the cowbell? Okay, we'll use the... We'll use the alternate cowbell. Oh, there's... Well, things got moved around because we're trying to, like, insulate the floor. and, and the, the alternate cowbell will be just fine. Yeah. How can we miss it? How can we miss you if you won't go away? But he is he does he does hear things. I hear things. I, I read things. I read lots of things. I read only the best things. And well, and so uh, today uh, having noted yesterday, the USA is dying from within. And then he went after. He's I mean, he is. He's a very busy man. He 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 truth socials a lot. And uh, it, it, with it, he said, uh, what was it? Uh, after well, after Moscow, Mitch took a couple of shots at him. Well, he he uh, he he said the the Marxist Democrats must have something really big on Mitch McConnell in order to get him and some of his friendly Republican senators to pass the horrendous all Democrat all the way ominous bill. See, he thinks he's being clever by calling it an ominous bill. It gives border security to other countries, but zero dollars to the U.S. It fully funds the corrupt Justice Department, FBI, which rigged the presidential election, and even the Trump-hating special prosecutor. And then, uh, it is also a massive giveaway and capitulation to China, making Coco Chow so happy. Racist and proud as shit of it, right? Oh, but he's so mad about so many people. Uh, he's, um, you know, he, he gave an interview to Olivia Nuzzi. Uh, and he did pay attention to her article, no matter what she said on CNN. So funny to read and hear the fake news political pundits saying that Trump isn't working too hard on his campaign. This is not a good sign. Maybe he's giving up, even though I'm leading big in the polls. What they don't say is that we have almost two years to go. The rallies will be bigger and better than ever because our country is going to hell. But it's a little bit early, don't you think? And then having pointed out that, well, uh, Javanka, you know, Jared Kushner and his spouse, I wank at my daddy Trump Kushner, uh, that they were 
putting some distance between themselves and him, especially what with Jared being an Orthodox Jew and the dinner with Nick Fuentes and the, uh, and that they're keeping their distance. So to the, contrary to fake news reporting, I never asked Jared or Iwanka to be part of the 2024 campaign for president and, in fact, specifically asked him not to do it. Too mean and nasty with the fake and corrupt news and having to deal with some absolutely horrendous sleazebags in the world of politics and beyond. There's never been anything like this ride before, and they should not be further subjected to it. I ran twice, getting millions more votes the second time, rigged, and I'm doing it again. Honest to God, if any of our relatives, your relatives, you know, crazy old Uncle Maga down at the end of the table, if he'd done that, there would have been a conversation yesterday at some point saying, you know, he's not okay. I'm not saying, I mean, has, has he been to a neurologist? Have, have, they, have they done the man, woman, person, TV test with him lately or anything? Because I, I, I'm afraid he's not going to be at, the, at our dinner table next Christmas. Of course, I have the biggest, bestest brain and good genes. Fucking gone. And there are people who are out there actually saying, uh, he's got, you know, Republicans, yeah, no thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep my distance from him. But I thought I thought this this story was particularly interesting because well, um, it comes from a constitutional scholar, and it, it and, and and the opinion espoused is absolutely in line with things that we've been saying here on this program for a decade or more. It's uh, and I'm speaking of, of Representative Jamie Raskin, who went on Face the Nation. And he said something out loud that we've been hoping someone would say out loud for a long time, and the fact that he's the one saying it is kind of weighty. I mean, I'm going to kind of go Yeah, I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back there. Yeah, a lot of pat on the back. And, and you too, all of us. You know, because here we are, so far out in front of the curve, it's like we're on straight road. Uh, and, and by the way, our pal, uh, our pal Cynthia, out in the Bay Area, writing a little bit ago, noted. Uh, uh, well, I hope that rat fucking Donald's world gets a lot smaller. Still, his world became very small after the pandemic. Cynthia says, you know, like the size of a jail cell, a very tiny jail cell. You know, if you were to give him an enema, you could probably put him in jail in a, in a, in a matchbox. Ooh. Never mind. No, this is, but this is serious. Uh, uh, Jamie Raskin on Face the Nation talking about how we picked the president. 
Are there pieces of this that in the new Congress, even under Republican control, need to be further investigated or somehow legislated around? Well, when you say the institutions held, they did hold just barely. Um, the truth is that we need to continually be renovating and improving our institutions. How so? Um, well, um, I think that uh, the Electoral College now, which has given us five popular vote losers as president in our history, twice in this century alone, um, has become a danger, not just to democracy, but to the American people. It was a danger on January 6th. There's so many um, curving byways and nooks and crannies in the Electoral College that there are opportunities for a lot of strategic mischief. We should elect the president the way we elect governors, senators, mayors, representatives, everybody else. Whoever gets the most votes wins. So you don't think that this um, reforming of the Electoral Count Act, which is really just making clear that the vice president's role is just ceremonial with the electors, you don't think that solves the issue? It doesn't solve the fundamental problem. I'm for that. And that's the very least we can do and we must do. It's necessary, but it's not remotely sufficient. Uh, you know, we spend hundreds of millions of dollars every year exporting American democracy to other countries. And the one thing they never come back to us with is the idea that, oh, that electoral college thing you have, that's so great. We think we'll adopt that, too. Um, you know, Thomas Jefferson said that he deplored the sanctimonious reverence with which some people look at the original handiwork of the framers when mm -hmm. they should be looking to their own experience. He said the framers were great and they were patriots, but they didn't have the benefit of the experience that we've lived. And we know that the Electoral College doesn't fit anymore, which is why I'm a big supporter of the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact, where it's bubbling up from below. But there are now 15 or 16 states in the District of Columbia who've said, mm -hmm. we're going to cast our electors for the winner of the national vote once we get 270 electors in our coalition. The problem is that leaves the electoral vote system in place. It's, I mean, it, it, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like that song by Jim Reeves. You know, he'll have to go. It'll have to go. It's got to go. Because it was racist it's in, in its inception, it was racist in its application, and it remains racist to this day. Uh, you know, it was hand in glove with the three, with the three-fifths compromise. Jesus. Because, you know, they've got the Electoral Count Act, they've approved reforms to it, and there will be some changes to how we tally the Electoral College votes, but the fact that the Electoral College vote is there, Jamie Raskin is absolutely right, it means that there's more, for more further opportunities for electoral mischief. I mean, the fact that the, uh, the Moore case is being decided, for all we know, since that argument was had before the Supreme Court. They're already circulating draft opinions, and some of the wild-eyed weirdos like Gorsuch uh, are, are probably, and, and you know, joined by uh, Clarence Pubes on the Coke can, Fappy Thomas, and Sammy Bad Breath Alito. Well, they're probably they're probably already circulating opinions that give the power to individual maggot state legislatures to overturn the will of the people in the state. And 
create bullshit slates of electors like Arizona wanted to do, like Ginsurrectionist Thomas, Fappy's wife, encouraged them to do in Wisconsin and in Arizona and elsewhere. Ah, Y'all, they're still doing it again. Some more. Uh, Dave in the blind with a note, going back to uh, going back to the conversation about the kidnapping of migrants. Uh, can these people be convicted of depraved indifference to intelligence as far as Asbot is concerned? Somebody should put him in an ice-filled street in New York and tell him the, to wheel himself to a Texaco station before they let him inside and let him only have a T-shirt and short pants. Okay, let's give him a pair of Depends, too. After all, he doesn't get around so good, considering he couldn't drive. Okay, I'm being a disabled asshole, but I was disabled all my life. This guy converted, and he's still stupid. Your buddy, Dave in the Blind. Wait a minute. Hold on. That's a cowbell, Dave. Um, just a second here. Got some things I got to do. Feel like an old, old-timey telephone operator. Got to pull one plug out, put another plug in. There, we're all good. Uh, that line. What was that? Okay, I'm being a disabled asshole, but I was disabled all my life. This guy converted, and he's still stupid. <clears throat> Yeah, the day that tree branch fell on him. But then again, if you're a Republican, you don't learn because you are lacking that fundamental core of human compassion. It, it, just like, uh, oh, what's his fuck? Uh, Steve Scalise in Louisiana. No, oh, I got blown I got, I got, I got blow away by AR-15. But you know what? I think more people should be able to be blown away by AR-15s because the, the Second Amendment is the most important amendment in the entire United States of America. Hey, yeah. Converted, and he's still stupid. Oh. It's kind of a thinner, more melodic cowbell, but it'll get the job done for the time being. Uh, yeah, Ralph's noting, compared to Trump's 2015 campaign, this campaign... Trump should have waited until next summer as far as timing goes, but he couldn't. He did this to so he could have a platform whereby he could argue against any potential indictments. And, well, I, I wonder, I, I can't help wondering if uh, the GOP, now that he's announced his candidacy, is still paying his bills. If they are, they're doing so against their own rules. So here we are, um, almost halfway through the program, and we've got oh, to finish the to finish the month of December, to finish 2022. The fundraising goal stands at uh, one thousand four hundred and thirty-five dollars, and it'll take it all to get us into January. So, if anybody wants to help out, it's badly needed. Uh, and, by the way, Shorty in L.A. says, Slammo, Dave! Slammo! <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Darlene tells us, multiple sources are saying Iwanka and Jared's marriage is on the rocks since Daddy lost the presidency in 2020. Jared wants her to split from Daddy big time for the sake of their future business deals, and the kids, wonder which comes first, but I digress, 
That's why she said she wasn't getting involved in Daddy's second run and was a no-show to the party when he announced recently. Since then, she's been shunned by all the other Trumps and melanoma, who doesn't like Iwanka anyway. This hasn't sat well with Iwanka. She's not prepared to be ousted by the fam, so she's being squeezed. Jared's threatening to take initiative to divorce her. Rumors are the two of them are icy towards each other and can't even hide their mutual disdain in front of friends. Probably BS, but we can dream. Absolutely we can dream, Darlene, and we can add... Come on, everybody. One, two, three. Gee, I hope it doesn't hurt too little. Uh, Randy Radar, you're right. With Republicans, the cruelty is the point. I think Steve Schmidt or one of those guys over at the Lincoln Project uh, pointed that early, pointed that out early on. Someone on the Horn ad hoc research department will sort that out for us. Um, I'm sorry, I have zero sympathy for Iwanka or Jared. Best thing that could probably happen to their kids is if, is, is if a decent family could raise them instead of either one of those two little narcissists. But I'm being cruel. And by the way, this is the second day of Christmas. Yesterday was the first. I wish we'd go back to that standard. Uh, and... Uh, Ralph says, "Please contribute to the horn. Don't make don't make me sick, Lassie, on y'all. You don't want you don't want Ralphs to do that. It's it's not a pretty thing when that happens. When Lassie Lassie gets real, real cantankerous. Uh, and let's um let's see stress line first. Let's go over there and see who, who we got on the phone. Hey, welcome to the program. Hello. Oh. Yeah. Hi." Uh, what's up? This is uh, Sergeant Arnold Lamar. Yeah. Hey, Lamar. How are you? It's been a while. It's been a while because I've been fighting all the stuff you've just been preaching about. And I have, my issue is, I like to put a disclaimer in right now. And my disclaimer is, I have always called you my friend. I knew you before you went to what you are today. And I know I may have upset a lot of people. I've been shunned. No, you haven't. Well, you know, it's like that. I've seen the format change and all this other stuff. And I've been scared to call in because... Oh, Lamar, the the format hasn't changed. It's the same three hours, the same Monday through Friday, the the same 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, there's no change in the format. A little change in my voice. Well, you know what? There ain't no change in your voice. You still sound like uh, the first man, I, first person I spoke to. But I'm not, let, let's get to the crust of my call. I've been so upset that I haven't been able to listen to your show and contribute to your show. And it's like you speak the truth from your demeanor. And the problem that America has is everybody got an opinion, which is like they say, everybody got an asshole, everybody got an opinion. I understand your point of view. And I agree with it. I would just like to take, I would just love to take it further. Like you talked just a while ago about uh, Trump's fasco his problems. 
Well, most people don't want to understand and don't want to believe that Trump was a racist back in the 70s, before a lot of people were born. Actually, before you were seven years old. I was born in 58. I know what Trump did in the 60s. So all the people who want to follow Trump, follow him. Follow him. I am not going to argue with you. When the when the poop hits the fan, don't be looking around to see who has Mercedes or like say Gallagher gear on. And you know it's like this. I've really been I've been I've been hurt that I haven't been able to send you a hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars. Don't don't, don't worry about that, Lamar. Phone. Don't worry about that. Well, you know what I. Love you and respect you as a friend. That's the point that I really want to extinguish or put out. I am your friend. I don't know if you you claim me as a friend, but you are a friend. And by me being a Scorpio, it's hard for me to say that you are a friend. I just Scorpios don't say you are a friend, or well, I'm a friend to you. Unless we're ready to go down into the fist fight and the barrels or the whatever, doing what we need to do. Oh, you're, you're, you're not. You're not. Part- you're not. The, you're not the only Scorpio in this in this bunch. Uh, I, I, I count. Uh, I count. I count another Scorpio. Scorpio is one of my nearest and dearest. Yeah, but like I say, once we say you, we are your friends. We are your friends until you make us your not your friends. And like I say, you got to work really fucking, I mean, really, really hard not to make me your friend. Because I'm willing to understand what you do and how you do stuff to preserve yourself. I believe in human beings. Okay. Human beings will do what is necessary to preserve themselves. And it's like me. If you got to save yourself and throw me out, into the, the lion fire or whatever, throw me because I'm going to defend myself and will still protect you in the process. Now, if you are butt nasty, ugly, wrong, then I will walk away and say, I can't cover him on this one, but he's still my friend. Hey. We have the ability to associate and differentiate between right and wrong. And we also understand survival. And, you know, I know there are a lot of people who don't understand that. I met you when you were Mr. Kincaid. We try not to talk about that too much anymore, but yeah. No, I, I know you don't talk about it, but I just want to clear my point. You are my friend. I don't care if you declare if you declare you are alien. You are still my friend. I don't care if you came from the planet Zubop or the spaghetti uh, the spaghetti people. Norblack Nine, actually. I yeah, I don't give a I don't give a I don't think about it. You are my friend because you are a human being. You are one of God's creations that nobody understands. That is their problem. 
I don't have a problem with it. I love you. I respect you. I do whatever I can to help you because you are a human. And you know what the thing that really gets me? Nobody has ever came up and made the statement that all uh transsexuals or whatever, the, all the others do not have a binary family. Every person who they want to hate oh, on. Oh, Lamar, Lamar, case, Lamar, hold on. I'm binary as hell. I'm not an, I'm not non-binary, hon. I'm no, bi- no, 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 that's no, not I'm, my point. Okay, you speak your point. I, I'll listen no, you go right ahead. I just wanted to clear that up. I'm not, I'm not non-binary. No, no, no. My point is, we every human being who they choose to hate has one thing in common. That is, both everybody got a mother and a father. End of conversation. When people tell me, "Oh, gay people," that that's not no 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 no. They had a heterosexual mother and a father. That child was produced by them. That's not entirely true, Lamar. Lamar, that's not entirely true. Every gay person, okay, every look, look. every trans person, did not necessarily have a heterosexual mother and father. Uh, gay people reproduce too. Okay, I'm gonna put you this way. I'm gonna put you this way. Are we all God's children? If we believe in God. Then why are you hating on some one of God's children? Well, that's true. That's true. Nobody, nobody, nobody hates on the LGBTQ community quite like Christians do. Oh, like I said, I'm gonna tell you like that. I'm born. A, I'm a. I'm born a Christian. But you know what? I have had a very interesting life. I have been involved in a whole lot of garbage. My oldest daughter. Who I had, I had, I I wanted to marry her mother. I'm putting my four one one out there. She was a straight lesbian. So how you think I feel when they want to hate on lesbians? When my the mother of my firstborn was a lesbian, it don't go over well with me because I know what's going on. Secondly. I'm like this. Every child that is gay or lesbian has one thing in common. Their parents were heterosexual. Once again, not necessarily. That's not necessarily true. Okay, you try to tell me that two, a male and a female, who were heterosexual, had a gay child. No. And that gay child... No, I'm, I mean, you know what? I'm just saying to per, to per, per, to create a child, you need a male and a female. Am I wrong on that position? You're not, but but you're you're, you're talking about the differences between sexuality and gender, and they're not the same. No, okay? no, I'm not talking about sexuality and gender. I'm talking about the pre, the re, the creation of a child it takes a male and female to create a child right and, and, and child okay and is, let me okay here let me make this real easy 
a gay guy can can contribute sperm that a gay woman uses to impregnate her. A, Does that make the child a, a gay person? No, of course not. That's my point. I, Stop where you at. Stop where you at. I'm, I, I mean, I'm going to put my foot down one time. I never put my foot down on your program. I never have. What I'm talking about, a person, I know there have been gay parents who adopted a gay child, and that child is heterosexual. Happens all the time. they don't talk about that. But they don't talk about that. They don't talk about that. They truly don't talk about it. They are so... The, there's a group of Christians who are pushing this bullshit on America that if you have a gay, if you're gay, you cannot raise a heterosexual child. That is bullshit. That is bullshit. Human beings are human beings. I look at you. You are a you are a shining example of what's going on. You throw a monkey wrench in that program that they cannot explain. And I'm not going to go into your history. I love you and respect you as a human being and a friend of mine. And it's really, really super simple. Get off the sexual bullshit and focus on how we need to live as human beings on the continent of America. Wouldn't that I be lovely? Born, oh, that is a that's one of my wet dreams that I'm looking for. I said wet dreams. I use the term of the sixties, wet dream. Because I'm like this. Three of them. My my life I mean, how you wanna live your life doesn't affect me. Why are you putting up laws and shit that stops me? And you know what really irritates the shit out of me? I, I, I was trying to keep the conversation without verbiage, vulgarness in it. But you know what? To get my point across is real simple. I was born in 1958. I grew up. I've seen the signs. Niggas do not need to apply. Others need to go to the white only. I've seen that stuff. You cannot tell me that did not happen. I've seen it with my own eyes. But the problem that we have is you have a group of people who think certain people are privileged. And the problem is those people who think they are privileged don't understand they are not in the group. And I respect you because you are in the privileged group that you don't, you know that is bullshit. You know it's bullshit. Regardless of how you change or whatever you went through, you understood and you recognized that that was bullshit, which makes your life even harder because you are more you are an advocate for those who don't understand. This is why I try to contribute to your show. I'm so fucking happy that you're still on air that you cannot imagine. I am so deluged 
Okay, I'm having the speech impediment situation, but I'm so deluged in my work and trying to save my family that I can't contribute to your family, the Horn family. But you know what? Things are going to get better. Life is going to get better. Times are going to get better. It works out that way. I miss talking, not talking to you. I miss not talking to my friend. And you are my friend. End of conversation. And like you talk about, sometimes you talk about your housing situation, your situ, uh, your where you are, what you need to do to put you there. Dude, friend, I am an architect. Call me. I'll be happy to come out there. I'll stay out in the outhouse, put up a shed. I have no problem. I will come out there and solve your problem. I am your friend. I don't like hearing you talk about how you're suffering with West Virginia BS garbage. Uh, what you call? I come out there and I retrofit your house to where you can have a hard tornado hit in the middle of your house and all you're going to lose is some roof tiles. Remember, I came, I met you the first time as the angry architect. I am still an angry architect. But I'm, and let me let me clarify. I'm an angry black architect. Anybody, anybody in the Horn family needs some help? Talk to me. Contact me. I'll fix your problem. And guess what? I may not charge you because I am not money motivated. I'm sorry, I have never been money motivated. Money can kiss my black gluteus maximus in the crack. Let me know ahead of time so I won't wipe, okay? So I can't, I'm going to get gross. I won't wipe. I'll take a poop before you come to see me, and I won't wipe. Lamar. Because I got to wash. I know, I know. I just fucked up everybody's uh No, no, I just. And... Try harder. I'm breathing. I'm going to breathe. <laughs> I'm breathing. Okay, I, 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 you know what? I, I am so beside myself because I'm tired of a lot of garbage and the false bullshit that they're pushing on all networks. Like I say, I was born in '58. I grew up. Like I say, I just told a coworker. I remember where I was when. Kennedy was assassinated in 63. And you know what? You cannot take my memories from me because that's mine. Only thing that can take my memories from me is Alzheimer's. And that's what scares the shit out of me. Alzheimer's disease. The floor is yours. No, you're 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 fine. Uh, are you okay? Are you oh, doing? Are you, do, are you doing? Are you doing all right, brother? I am fighting the system. I was brought up to fight the system. I had this is the first chance I had to come and talk to my friends in a while. 
Because I'm like, I'm saving my clan. And my children are learning from what I've been preaching, and I've been trying to save them. I have, really, I have, let me put it this way, I got five kids. Two two stepchildren, both daughters, and three from my current wife. Out of those three, only two I am so worried about. My stepdaughter, she got issues. My baby son, he's coming around. I'm like, my son, my firstborn son makes way more money than I do. And he loves me because I'm able to manage on 30, well, if the IRS is listening, I'm not going to, I don't know, they may be listening to your podcast. Agent Fred's always out there, so just stay shy of that. (laughs) I'm not going to talk about mine, but I got my son, my oldest son, into a position where he makes close to $105,000 a year. And he's screaming. Well, he's not screaming. He's crying and complaining. I can't hold any money, Daddy. I'm doing it. I said, well, you know what? You don't understand the system like I do. I'll work with you. My daughter, my oldest daughter, followed me and her mother, Prentice. And she is in the government. And I'm going to tell you right now, I wish I had to stay in the government. I went out on my own because if I had to stay with the city of Los Angeles where I was, man, I retired eight years ago and be just as, I'd be collecting $3,000 or $3,500 a month. And I'd be a happy camper. No, I won't go out and save everybody else's little child who is, who is suffering. I'm like this right now. It's been an uphill climb. I'm tired. I'm 64 going on 65. I'm looking to retire. Since my son is an educator, but he teaches, let me give you just an idea. My son, he as black as he is, is an airplane mechanic educator. How many of you? How many of them you know? One now. Well, my son is making excellent. He's making great money. And then if, if the Los Angeles L.A. Airport decide they need a mechanic, guess who they call in the top ten? His ass. I've done what I needed to do for one of my sons, one of my children. My other, my my youngest daughter, she is a registered nurse for the U.S. Air Force of America. My oldest daughter works for the Defense Department of the United States. I miss going to Vietnam by a cunt hair. My father served in Korea. My grandfather. And those ahead of him and my uncle all served in World War II and World War One. So you cannot tell me I'm not a military-based individual. So, you know, I, I'm having my nightmares. 
It wasn't until I'm just I'm just gonna say this with you. I'm gonna try not to get emotional. It wasn't until three years before my father died, I realized he hated the Fourth of July far as loud fireworks. I never understood why he just loved sparklers. When I found out that he shot the Hollister, the big gun as they called it back in those days, I understand why he didn't like M80, half a stick of dime, all that shit. I, I don't like that now. I cringe when the 4th of July come around and New Year, when people get to go out there and shoot their guns like they lost their rabbit-ass mind. I understand that you are in a location that you ain't got to worry about bullets coming down or shit hitting your house. What saves me, I have a six-foot perimeter fence. And where my office is, where I come to congregate on those days like I am right now, you can't hit me with a gun because you got to get past a wall, a concrete brick wall. But I'm going to tell you, two years ago, I had a bullet come through my roof. Holy shit, Lamar. I got it. I'm serious. I had a bullet come through my goddamn roof. And thank God where it came in and where me and my hot dog, well, it's not, it's not hot here, but my, my dog, my, my bar poodles, as I call them. And you can't call a, a dog 65 pounds plus a guard poodle, but you know what I'm saying. <clears throat> the shit came through. Scared the hell out of me. Because I heard something hit in the area in my office that, hell's going on over there? I go over there and after searching, after a couple of days of searching, I find a lead head. I mean, the head of a fucking bullet. So, you know, I'm like this. I didn't care about people shooting their guns, but you know what? What goes up comes down. Now, the problem is by me being an engineer, if you shoot your gun at a 45-degree angle, it's going to come down with a velocity much powerful than something that you shot at 85 or 90 degrees. Most people ain't going to shoot 90 degrees because they know whatever they shoot up in there is going to come down to exactly where they at. So they do at 89 or 105 degrees. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me get off the engineering garbage. But you know what, man? I miss talking to you. I really do. And I'm it's like It's good this. to hear from you, Lamar. I, I would love to contribute, but I can't contribute at this time. You don't even have to mention it, hon. Don't do it. Well, do you know what? I am a friend, and I know you. Yes, you are. What keeps you on, you, to keep you on the air, you need, you need contributions. I'm like this. I'm working like a crazy man. I won't say like I'm working like a black man because it's obvious I'm black. But, you know, <laughs> I miss listening to your program. I really do. And I'm so damn happy that you're still on air. 
And you know what? If everything comes like I hope I hope it's coming through, I may give you another surprise like I did one Christmas. So you don't want to talk I about remember. that. Do I you remember. remember? I remember. So, like I say, if everything comes through, I will be, uh, you get a late Christmas present for me, dude, uh, my friend. See, that's the thing that gets me. You're my friend. I don't know how to address you to keep everybody in the Horn family from not wanting to hate on me because I'm hating on you because of your transformation. You don't have to. You don't have to worry about any of that, Lamar. You don't have to worry about any of that at all. Ain't nobody. Okay. Uh, there's no. There, there is no. There is nobody in this community hating on you. But I, you got a note. You got a note from Shorty in L.A. who said, "I love you, Lamar. Thanks for talking unity on the first day of Kwanzaa because the." Theme of the first day of Kwanzaa is unity. Yeah, but you know what? Tracy and Shorty, they're in my backyard. They don't know they're in my backyard. I have done projects in both the areas they've lived in, prior and current. There is no area in the okay. Let me put it like this. Let me let me let me let me put my uh, resume out there. I've done projects from uh, Sacramento, San Diego. That's why I laugh at Scott a lot of times because I know the background and I know the area he's talking about. I have done projects. I will do any project. I will help anybody in the Horns family who needs any architectural help. If you want to, if you want to expand your house or your backyard, call me. If you're in California, call me. I've done. You know what was so bad about? It? I've done projects all the way out to Alabama, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. I am not based in California. I am a black architect who wants to help people who are not as fortunate as I. And you, you brought that brings me to another thing. Okay, I'm, uh, can I get on soapbox? Can I get on my soapbox for a few minutes? Okay, try to try try not to use too many fun words. Okay. I won't use a lot. Of, I'm not going to use no fun words. I am, as a black person, born in the 50s, I know my civics. I know this government. And I am so upset with a lot of black people who are not paying attention that there's a lot of people who are uh, living off of what was passed for us, 14, 13, all those amendments. Like the anchor baby stuff. Okay, I don't want to call it anchor baby, but you know, if you're born in the United States, you are a citizen. It's called birthright citizenship. You have birthright citizenship. Yeah. Okay. But the point is this: those those people are using the laws that were given to us to to promote and benefit themselves. And people of color need to understand the real prevalence of that because they're 
slowly withering that to a point where they're going to remove it. And it's going to hurt everybody else. Because you like nobody talks about the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, which is Mexico and America had a treaty of borders. But guess what? The religious, crazy white people, not talking about you, have used that as a weapon to get rid of all prints. See, the point is this. We have no closed border. We have an open border situation. And they always bring it up. We have open border. Yes, we have an open border, but it's only with Mexico. But unfortunately, certain white people, not counting you, look at all people who don't speak English, who are not pasty white as immigrants. I don't have a problem. I have a problem, let me rephrase I have a problem with people from South America wanting to come up to America. The problem is this. If your neighbor keeps coming over to your house to watch your television, why don't you buy him a TV so he won't come to your area, to your house? That is the problem. The Republicans back in the 60s would have solved this shit. These Republicans today don't want to solve it. They just want to have an issue to bitch about. Like they talk, like they call them, I give them credit. They are the grievance party. They all got grievances. But when you talk about the grievances, they don't want to solve their grievances. They want to, they, they curl up and they, they do, like McConnell, McConnell's been called perfect. He crawls up into his shell to hide. No, the whole Republican Party is a turtle. When you hit them on the top of the head, they all, every limb and everything crawls into the shell to protect their ass. Back when, before you were born, when I was six years old, if we had a problem with Costa Rica or any no, I'm, since I mentioned Costa Rica, Costa Rica should be part of the United States of America. There's no getting around that. No, Costa Rica should not be part of the United States of America. Costa Rica is a fully functioning, independent democracy, and in fact, they are the only democracy in the Americas that doesn't have a standing army. Okay, I don't care about the standing or Do they want to be part of the Americas as a 50-something state? No. Costa Rica? Oh, so you... Are you talking about Puerto Rico? Either Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, five. Because Costa Rica is an independent country, and Costa Rica is an independent country, and Lamar, they would take umbrage at the idea of us trying to annex them. No, let me put it this way. Any area that is part of the United States or whatever, I can't find the right word, the right verbiage. But if you are a, damn, oh, you just just sent me into a serious brain part. Like Jamaica and the rest of them that are part of you. Okay, anything that is part of the United States, Territory should be part of the United States. 
that's where yeah. you're you're saying that any territory of the United States should just have all the all the rights and privileges appertaining to statehood. They need to expand Guam, Guam Marianas Islands, D.C., um, Puerto Rico. Yes, 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 yes. I see the the thing that gets me. The Republicans say, "Well, we can't make D.C. a part of the uh, or the uh, Puerto Rico or." Whatever that is, we can't make them a state because they're going to vote Democrat. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. You don't know how those people are going to vote. You just want to. You just want to have somebody to piss on. I'm tired of being. I'm tired of my fellow human beings being pissed on by those who can piss. Can, can I put it that way? Sure. I mean, I understand your point of view because I understand where you're from. But you have to understand, I'm from the West Coast. My rearing is from where you are in West Virginia. Friend, I feel for you. I really do feel for you in your area. But until you fix your problem in your area, there's nothing I can do. But We're working on it, Lamar. We're, we are working on it. We're working I, on it. Might be, I know might, you're working might, on it. It might take a long time, but we're working on it. It might not be something that even happens until my grandchildren are grown. But you got to start the work well, somewhere, you know now, don't you? Unfortunately, I'm older than you. I would love to see it happen before I kick the bucket. But you know what? I don't see it. But if it happens in my children... My grandchildren's lifetime, I am a happy camper. Because it's like the way I feel. If you classify something part of your group, you need to take advantage of it. And that's the part that I've been hating with this country. Guam, all them other places, we'll go and defend them. But we won't call them part of America. That's bullshit. Well, they're territories. I mean, it, it's just a thing. Hey, Laura, I've got other callers on the line. I've got to. I've got to go to them too. So, I'm glad. You, I, got, I am glad. I am glad you called in. I've, it's been far too long. I'm glad you're back, and I'm glad to know that you're I'm okay. I'm glad to be back. But I, I just want to say this on closing. Name me one country who has territory that they don't claim has not made it part of their echelon. You can do that with your other callers. We can let you, I can let you go and get to the people you need to get to. All right, Lamar, listen, you have a, if I don't talk to you before New Year's, you have a happy New Year, and I hope, I hope ain't no more ordinance comes through your roof. That's some scary shit. People, 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 people do that crazy bullshit here, and it's like, no, no. Well, I, mean, uh, you, I know where you're located. You know, I know where you're located. Some, some, people, some, Lamar, you... some people don't understand. They, they think it's a terrible, and I understand it because I, I have friends who, I have friends who, came back from war zones and the really big, humongous uh, airburst. Um, fireworks that we're allowed to have here in the state now uh, 
send them. Shakes the shit out of them. Yeah, it shakes the shit out of them. And scares the hell out of people's uh, out of people's furry friends and whatnot. But I'll tell you what. Oh, I've, I've, hold on. I've, okay. wa- I've wondered from time to time if maybe there wasn't actually a little bit of thought went into this. Because at least if, if people can get those, those really big boom-boom shells, they're a little less likely to take their AR-15s outside and just open and just dump the magazine into the air. Because I have heard that happen where I live. Blam, 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 blam. I know you have heard and then, it. And then, and, like then, and, then, and then bullets is going somewhere. Yes, like I say, the other night. I mean, I have nothing against the Hispanic people. But I understand they like fireworks. They do fireworks for every celebrated thing. I understand that. But you're in America. Hang that shit back. Hold on, hold on. It, no, it ain't about it ain't about about the Latinx community. The people the people that are, that are un, the people that are unloading clips here in West Virginia are pasty faced and doughy and white, 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 I white, white, white. I know what you're saying. But what I'm saying, those who have been in combat and those who know people in combat, fireworks, we have accepted the 4th of July for the bangs and the booms and the sparklers. Doing it because you have your first child, boom, I love it. I know, understand, I am so happy you had it first. But leave the Roman candles and all the other stuff to the curb. I'm just saying. Having your culture is fine. Having, knowing another culture is great. And making them both work together is fantastic. That's the problem. Nobody wants to work with nobody. That is the problem of America today. Is my way or get the fuck out of the way. That's the problem. And nobody's Touching on that? No, we got a lot of things to How touch on. Want? I got, I got, I got more stuff. Yeah. In the, I got, okay. I got stuff in the stacks going to curl people's hair. Brother, I will, sister, friend, friend, lover, my best friend, one of my best friends. I may touch base with you on Wednesday. That'd so be just you, fine, let, Lamar. Let's, you, let's look. You take care of yourself, and we will talk soon. All right. I will try. Hi. You have a good one. Love you still. You have a good evening. Talk to you later, Lamar. Bye Bye. now. The one and only Lamar, Silent R. Lamar. I'm I'm, I'm glad to hear from him. I worry about people when I don't hear from him after a while. Still people I worry about, haven't heard from. Um, We will, uh, uh, well, breaking news out there. Uh, George Santos, who actually won a... (laughs) won an election for House of Representatives has now admitted that he lied about where he went to college. He lied about his work history. He's lied, 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 lied. But, of course, he said he still plans to take office. By the way, that just there's kind of a George Santos lottery out there now. What's he lied? <laughs> there are people now... Um, He's not, and you know, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I confess my own ignorance. I don't know how you sort this out. Uh, I mean, 
well, they're 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 Jewish folks out there saying, no, no, George is George is not Jewish, even a little bit, not at all. But there's nothing in the Constitution that says you can't lie your way into office either. Oh well. And since Lamar brought up the issue of gunplay, a little something something. Because apparently this is going to be a thing in 2023. You know, I saw a meme from uh, from like this time last year. It said it because 2021 and the pandemic and everybody was like, "God, 2022's got to be better, doesn't it?" Silly little optimist. And the next the next frame in the meme says, "Y'all do know that Soylent Green was set in 2022, don't you?" So maybe we got that one out of the way. But no, I got a feeling that, uh, especially through these winter months, um, we may be witnessing the birth of a new phenomenon, and it is, uh, there's even a word for it uh, from the people who are doing it. It's called accelerationism. Silent R. Lamar was talking about the bullet that came down through his roof, and that would be terrifying. Well, uh the United States is now, according to uh, according to this uh, according to this article from Politico, uh, reaching a new peak for attacks on the power grid. Um, of course, we started paying attention with the attacks on the substations in Moore County, North Carolina. Well, uh, in Washington State, 14,000 people lost their electricity over this, uh, yesterday, Christmas Day, because uh, four substations owned by Tacoma Public Utilities and Puget Sound Energy were attacked. Pierce County Sheriff's Department says, no, we don't even have any suspects. It is unknown if there are any motives or if this was a coordinated attack on the power systems. Now, this drives me a little bit nuts because, of course, there's um, all kinds of chatter out there in the Nazi spaces uh, of the of the seedier corners of the Internet where they talk about this being their next target. Uh And some of these neo-Nazi groups have taken taken credit for uh, other attacks on the grid. Richard Glick, according to Politico, Richard Glick, chair of the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC, speaking to reporters last week, said, Is there something more sinister going on? Are there people planning this? I don't think anyone knows that right now, but there's no doubt that the numbers are up in terms of reported incidents. I don't know. You know what? It would be awesome if we had maybe uh, an outfit, an organization inside the federal government. Maybe we could call it a bureau, a federal bureau, and their job would be to investigate things. Uh, Meanwhile, FERC Commissioner Willie Phillips asked rhetorically, are we going to have Willie Phillips? Are we going to have armed guards at every substation, every transformer in the country in order to make sure this doesn't happen? 
or at least tax something we can just expect more often. I don't know where Willie's from. He just sounded like he needed that. He needed that accent. And then there's Jonathan Munkin, who is uh, uh, head of system resilience at PJM Interconnection. When we got the warning on Christmas Eve telling us to reduce electricity usage, it, came, it, it said we at Appalachian Power, in conjunction with our grid manager, PJM, same bunch. Well, Jonathan Munkin said, uh, if somebody really wanted to create a blackout in a certain area to achieve whatever social, cultural, political objectives, it's fairly easy to get access to that information right now, and the tools necessary to execute it are readily available. Right. Why? Because the Second Amendment lets anybody run out and just buy a big old, a nice high-powered rifle with a long range to it, and maybe a nice four-and-a-half-by-fourteen loopholed scope, and bang, 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 and out go the lights. So uh, it's it 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 is it's a rising thing we're going to be seeing going into 2023, and I don't know. There's the internet. There's all kinds of cameras. You, but then again, you know the effective range of a Lord God 300 Magnum. Or seven millimeter mag. You can shoot from a long way away, and bullets are relatively cheap. And this seems to be where they're going. Remember, they shot out uh, they they shot out those substations in Moore County, North Carolina, because they were trying to stop a drag show, and the drag show went on while forty thousand plus people went without electricity. Be kind of nice if some journalism outfits would start asking questions on the daily, you know, calling the Moore County Sheriff's Department. Hey, got anything today? No? Okay, we'll call back tomorrow. Got anything today? And if nothing else, journalism and then write stories. No, they didn't have anything yet today. No, they don't have anything. No, don't, still nothing. Until maybe, finally, somehow or another, maybe we can catch one of these little Nazis. And then hopefully they won't get, you know, charge them with some super max level crimes like, you know, domestic terrorism. Treat them, treat these white Nazis as if they were, I don't know, brown people with Middle Eastern names. Probably didn't come out right, but still, it's a, it, it, it's a chilling thought. That pun, that that pun was entirely unintended. I, I hope you all understand. Yeah. Um. Got to answer a message here. Our buddy Arnold wanted the call-in number. And let's see. Oh, uh, Scott's been terribly patient. Hey, Scott, are you still there? Hey, Robin. Patience is my middle name. Scott, patience, okay. Yeah. Prudence is my cousin. 
that's her middle name, but she goes by And she's dear, isn't she? Dear Prudence. Dear, dear Prudence. Prudence. Yes, exactly. So how the hell are you, Robin? Is everything tickety-boo? Uh, tickety-boo is not where we've been lately, Scott. Oh, let's stop that. Yeah, no, we, like, we, we were more like we were more like tickety-froze. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, you live in that part of the world. This time of year, the mercury drops. And, uh, and we discover once again how poorly insulated the studio back here is. Yes. Well, yeah. I remember you said you couldn't type or something because your little digits were. Oh, I mean, they were. By the end of Friday, they were claws. I got done. I got done with the upload and I ran away. Yeah. I um, I don't. Um, you know, I hate to boast and brag and stuff, but I don't miss that stuff. I would not. Don't not a bit of it. Trying to think the coldest I've ever been. I think summer in San Francisco. The, the coldest winter you ever no, spent no, was no, summer no. in San Francisco. Is that you, Mr. No, Twain? I, no, I've heard that before. But no, I'm thinking it was back in the 80s, early 80s or something, 83, something like that. I was working part time at uh, the radio station uh, KLSI FM 93.3. Classy, 93. Uh, where we played Classy, the 93 best, FM. The best of the weepy, sappy air supply and Barry Manilow. And just the soft adult contemporary was not my thing. But anyway, I worked weekends at the station, uh, you know, doing a shift or two every weekend. And then during the week, I worked for the phone company and uh, as a 411 operator. But I, they, uh, the morning team, uh, Dan and Pam, Dan Donovan and Pam Whiting, decided that it would be nifty to have me on with them as a producer. And I said, well, okay, I'm, if, you, if you say so, I'll do it. Which involved getting, getting up extra early, uh, you know, to go be there in time for their thing to start at like 5.30, 6 a.m., whatever it was. And I was sharing a car with someone who needed it later in the mid to late morning. So that required me to catch a bus down to the station. Okay, so imagine this. I'm at uh, 39th and, and uh, Broadway or Main, I forget which, whichever that big street was, waiting for the bus at like 4.15 in the morning. You know, I walk a block to the bus stop standing there waiting. The bus will get me there in plenty of time to start at 5.30. All right, it's dead of winter. It's like, it was either four above or four below, but whichever way it was, it was like colder than a program director's heart, okay? And only, and, and the radio people will be chuckling merrily to themselves. Lady B oh, is I'm getting sure, a giggle. I'm sure they will. But anyway, so there I stood, and I swear, it's it's uh, 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 something about when the air gets that cold, no, and in the quiet of the not night, but the wee wee early early morning hours, sound has a different quality to it. You know, sirens off in the distance are actually closer than they than they actually are, and cats and dogs making odd noises. Up in the distance, but anyway, standing there waiting for the bus, and not a soul on the street but me, and the guy driving the bus, and the two or three stragglers 
who were riding along on their way to downtown. Oh, what an adventure, I'm telling you. But I think that's the coldest I've ever been. And it was either four degrees above or four degrees below. But when it gets that cold, there's not a lot of lot of distinction or difference there. I mean, it's it's cold. No, it's it's just and and, and, and people talking about weather. Really, the, the the real distinction, the two biggest distinctions are: is it wet, and is the wind blowing? Well, no, I did have that in my favor. It was dry, and the wind was not blowing, as I recall. But it was just—I mean, I've been—I have been in—I've uh, been in minus ten in DC. Oh my! That was my. maybe January of two thousand fourteen, something like that. Yeah, that must have been after I was. Yeah, oh, it was hateful. There. Because I never, I don't remember it ever getting that cold in D.C. Other places, but not not D.C. Anyway, so how the hell long is every? I know that aside from freezing, very little is tickety boo lately. Are you ready for this year to be over? I kind of am. I I just kind of. Oh, no, I am. Wish everybody a Happy New Year. Happy belated Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. That's Scott. Hey, Scott. Hi, Scott. How are you? Hey, Annette, how are you? How's every little A little cold. She can't hear you because I've got I've got the cans on. Story of my life. It's somebody interpreting for me, so have a Happy New Year. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, that was a delightful little surprise. Well, she just comes back in and, and it comes back here and says hi and, yeah. Yeah. I used to have a, a nurse who would come and give me shoulder rubs when I was working on the air. That was always, uh, well, I was dating her at the time. It wasn't like a nurse came out of nowhere, knocked on the door and said, you got any shoulders needing rubbing? No, no, this was a girl I was dating, Myra. Myra. Wonder whatever happened to Myra. She was. Uh, I used to call her the Angel of Mercy. So, anyway, but that that isn't what I call about. I was I was going somewhere with somewhere somehow, and and that came in and just knocked me right off the rails in a nice way. I mean, it wasn't unpleasant in any way, shape, or form. But I just, you know. Oh, I know what it was. You were talking. About you said there's some group that's uh, what the, the thing that they're working for now is like total meltdown, total dysfunction. But there was a word that you used for it accelerationist Nazis. Oh, okay. So the accelerationists, the ones who are waiting for everything to go completely to shit. Because the worst. No, that's the whole thing. They don't want to wait, they want to make it go to shit. They're in a hurry. Well, what I'm saying is the, the less things work, the more they like it. Correct. Well, we had a little of that here at the home. Oh, and by the way, I may have good news regarding how long I'm going to be here. But early, here at the home. Wait a minute. <laughs> Teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets their wings. Yeah, creaky acres. But So across the hall and down a little bit was one lady 
I heard this sound like like there was construction going on, something banging against something else. And bang, 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 you know, sort of a, not metallic, but a, just a sound where it was distinct and you knew. A, a loud thud. Somebody was hitting something with something else, okay? So, and then across the way, the the guy is turning, it's, it's like that's too much noise for him, so he's got to outdo it noise-wise. So he cranks up the freaking TV volume. So you've got Dodge Ram commercials just blaring down the hall on one side. And on the other side, you got bang, 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 bang. So a little later, one of the, uh, the or, uh, attendants or orderlies or nurses, or I never know who is what because th there's nothing about their mode of dress that gives me a clue as to who. Do they, not color, do they not color code their scrubs? Oh no, it's it's just very laid back and casual here. You know, this Well, I mean it is a, San Diego. This may not be a licensed uh, professional sort of place. It, this may be a place that they brought me to cuz they Harold's rehab facility. Yeah. yeah. And donut <laughs> shop. Yeah, and I, you know you know it's an emergency situation. You don't have time to Google and do your consumer research. But anyway, so you got the blaring TV on one side of the hall all the ways down, and you got the bang, 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 bang. Later on, the nurse person came in here, and I said, what was all the, uh, was she cracking walnuts in there? What the hell is going on? And she, <laughs> she said her remote wasn't working. It's on a cord. It's just a little, not, not her remote, her call button. It's on a cord connected to the wall. Wait, so she was on. beating the hell out of the call yeah. button? wailing on the up against something the fucking uh, freaking uh, call button and I said to the nurse lady I said well no wonder it doesn't work if she's you know cracking walnuts with it you know she got a big kick out of that she said you're funny and I said yes I know but not for long because apparently according to the doctor uh, I may get out of here uh, uh, maybe Wednesday Possibly Thursday, but maybe Wednesday. Oh, and by the way, someone is here to take my blood pressure. Okay. Well, we can't be talking on the phone. Do you want me to come back? No, that's all right. You go right ahead. Actually, I'm on the radio right now talking to uh, Robin Kincaid in West Virginia, who has a worldwide program on the internet. Wow. So, all right. We'll just be quiet for a couple okay. minutes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, shut up a minute. We're good. We're good for a little bit of dead air. Okay, just you ramble, tap dance, do something. Yeah, no, I can, I can vamp. I can vamp. Okay. Uh, Shorty in L.A. said, Hey, Annette, missing, ye, missing the you that makes you you. Smooches all the way from the West Coast. I will convey that to her. She is back in the kitchen now. It is uh, Ferg's birthday. So since it finally warmed up a little bit and we're not at risk of the grid going down, um, we're doing a lot of the cooking we would have done. Okay. Okay, 136 over 84. Your blood pressure's better than mine. 66? Uh, what is that, 66? 66, 67. What, what does that mean? That's good. Do you want it anywhere from 60 to 80? Oh, good. You're within range. Okay, I'm within range, Robin. Tell her about it. Oxygen's 95, 96 My, out of 100%. Oh, hell, I'm cooking with gas. God, you're really good. I would tell you if you weren't. Okay, well, thank you. I. I love it. I'll come do that for you one day. Angel of mercy. Yes, indeed. Well, that was it. I'm very happy that I... Yeah, that and, 
And they don't, when they do these tests from time to time, they don't take off for spelling. That's the amazing thing. So. <laughs> it's it's pretty much pass fail, Scott. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm sure she thinks I'm crazier than uh, outhouse rat. <laughs> Whip froth or froth. And Arnold, Arnold just Arnold just wrote in to say that Annette has a lovely voice, and she absolutely does. I concur. Well, anyway, I was telling you that the doctor was here with his little clipboard and making notes furiously, and you know, checking up on me, making sure my pain level is okay, and that I'm not getting hooked on oxy or anything like that. And um, not that I would mind it. I, it's a rather pleasant sensation when you take one of them. Little yeah, but you don't want to, you know, you don't want to be out there on the mean streets of San Diego, toddling around on your walker, going, "Hey, buddy, <laughs> come here," or or doing your best Rush Limbaugh impression and saying, "My friends, I have a here a cigar box with ten thousand dollars in it, and I would like to, ex <laughs> I would like to exchange it for a cigar box with ten thousand dollars worth of street drugs in it." Yeah. No. Well, anyway, it's just all for therapy political purposes but anyway the doctor was here and passed along that good news so i'm very happy about that now the big mystery around the home um the last it's the fact so, that you keep calling it the home around the uh, <laughs> man comes up to you <laughs> a man comes up to you from the bar he says sign here and he walks away through the waving fields of alfalfa you've got <laughs> Hot and cold running beer, upstairs and down. Yes, what a tableau you're painting there. I'm just, where does that come from? Are you oh, it's the bank dick. That's when he's... Oh, yeah, okay. Don't be, don't be a fuddy-duddy. Don't be a moon calf. <laughs> My uncle, Effingham Huffnagel III, took it. you got to take a chance. Effingham Huffnagel III took a chance. On now, jumping out of an airplane into a pile of hay. Oh, well, well, did he did he make it, Mr. Suse? No, precisely my point. Had he been a younger man, he might have done it. <laughs> Do uh, you know off, offhand whether he did the screenplay for that thing? Oh, yes, uh, and gave himself credit as Mohandas K. Jeeves. Okay, I couldn't. I know because he he had a, a pension for very odd, colorful names. Got him more money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because um, you get a different uh, uh, paycheck for writing. You know. Right. Anyway. Um, so Christopher in Oregon said, "Scott, you're sounding great." Uh, subject line with Scott within range. Hooray! You're sounding great, and your angel of mercy does too. Are they playing your favorite song for you every hour on the medication? Uh, the medication vault. The, uh, the the medication vaults from one flew over the cuckoo's nest. No, uh, Charmaine. I think is that uh, lovely uh, instrumental thing that they play in the day room. In uh, one flew. Can you find that real quick and play? So uh, I should have been playing that while I was doing the update. Well, I mean, I know I can get the theme from a summer place, but no. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, let's see. So much typing. Look for the Symphonette Strings or one of those groups. It's, I'm sure they have a cover of it.
just a second. See, nobody knows the title, but everybody's heard that chunk of music before, is what I'm saying. Right. Um. Or maybe Percy Faith, I'm sure, has a version of it. Well, we'll see. I got, I got something here. All right. Mr. Harden, you've stated on more than one occasion that you suspected your wife of seeing other men. Oh, yes. Nurse Ratchet. Yes, very much. I suspect her. I suspect her. Well, maybe you can tell us why you suspect her. I don't hear any music, so... It's a hell of a scene, I mean... Oh, it's a hell of a movie, though. Yeah. God, I always wanted to do that play. Oh, there it is. There it is. Is that what you had in mind? Yeah. We'll just let it run in the background. That's the music they play in the day room at the home where Scott is. <laughs> It'll be stuck in your head for several days after they send you home on Wednesday, Scott. That's all right. I love that song. That's, you know, that's like going up and down the aisles in the grocery store. The Composed and arraigned by Jack Nitschke. Nitschke. No, I didn't know that. It's a lovely little melody. It is. Yeah. Yeah. No fruit cup. I, I had a fruit cup earlier. It was great. Well, you wouldn't be at the home if they weren't giving out fruit well, cup. It was, now, it wasn't like food cocktail food cup. It was just peaches. Diced up. Diced know, peaches are good. Was it, now, was it, was it in, um, was it in light syrup or, or, or fruit juice or heavy syrup? I think fruit juice. But they, That's much healthier. Special. These are very special diced uh, 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 fruits. There were little pips on each side of the, the each side of the peach. So that you could roll them, gamble in the hallways late at night when the orderly. <laughs> wait, 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 no, no, they're at the home, one o'clock in the morning, you down at the end of the hall, pitching peaches. Yeah, yeah, they roll them, roll them, hot them. They're hot, they're hot tonight, kid. And the other day was uh, uh, diced pears. Love so pears. Got the, the diced uh, fruit um, market cornered. So that's uh, that's a good thing. But I didn't tell you about the T-shirts. There are T-shirts, and this is the this is the freaky thing today. This is what was I was going to tell you about today's adventure. I knew that today was shower day. This evening would be shower evening uh, after dinner, so I was getting my stuff together to wear after I dry off and they you know tuck me in and stuff for my sleepwear and I have a you know a pair of running pants and I want to wear a clean t-shirt so I opened the closet where not two days ago there was a there was a green one a forest green one and a and a uh, 
one like I'm wearing now. I can't describe the color because it has, it almost has no color. But anyway, they weren't there. And they weren't in any of my bags and they weren't in any of the drawers. And I'm mystified because I had sent some clothing out on Friday evening for laundry, you know, and normally they're back, you know, by the next day, but the laundry's not open Saturday and Sunday. So theoretically, if I did send them out, they should be coming back. So if the T-shirts are not with the clean laundry, then the, the laundry uh, uh, thief, the Grinch, or who, who is that? Uh, who is the burglar in McDonald land? Um, oh, the Hamburglar. The Hamburglar. Yeah, the Hamburglar, the shirt burglar has come in in the dead of night. Which is odd because I don't sleep in the dead of night. I catch two or three hours here. I catch two or three hours there. You know, it's whenever the oxy builds up and I just zonk out. And then I wake up two or three hours later. It's uh, it's not the ideal way to live, but I'm growing used to it, and that's that's what frightens me. So I, I am I actually have got the the detective, in the, in, not the detective, but the lady who's in charge of missing garments uh, on the case, trying to figure it out. And I'm sure they were up there in the closet. I mean, I know I you know I've been known to hallucinate before. But it usually takes much stronger stuff than oxycodone. I'm here to tell you. So I don't know. Yeah, but you may have become an, become a lightweight in your later years. I mean, look, look, mean? look, look what look what one cup of coffee does to me. Well, that's true. But don't you have like a, a sensitivity to caffeine? Yeah, yeah. Certainly, my endurance has not fallen to that point. We're a couple of Flintstone vitamins, and I'm like, wow, please, <laughs> let's get... Wow, well, you know, if you're snorting them. No, I don't think I don't, I don't think I want to snort anything like that. But So anyway, that was today's mystery slash adventure. But I, uh, I, I've, I've enjoyed, I guess if that's the word, I've enjoyed my time. I've appreciated the good care that I've gotten here. But I am more than ready to uh, be in more familiar territory. So maybe that'll happen Wednesday, maybe it'll happen Thursday. Uh, has any, in all seriousness, has, has anybody been attending uh, to your place in your absence? Oh no, there's no, really no need for that. There's no... Because it's really always no sunny problem. in San Diego. Well, no, I mean, there's just, how do you mean? Do you mean like, there's no pets anymore, so there's, that's not a consideration. Um, there, there, there are neighbors around who would be aware of stuff going on. I do have, here's one thing that I discovered. I thought, see, when they were, when the attendants were taking me out in, you know, in the ambulance for the ride to the first hospital, and then a couple of days later they brought me here, but the ride to the first hospital, I, uh, grabbed this thing, when I, when I walk in the door, I put my change in this container along with my key and those types of things, pocket things, because I know that that's where they go. I know they're there and I can pick them up when it's time to go. Well, I was getting my change thing ready when I was waiting for them and there were no keys in the chain. So I just assumed that my house key was in my pocket. 
Well, come to find out, it wasn't in my pocket. It wasn't in any of the bags. So what I'm... Are you there? Scott? Scott? Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. What happened? Okay, there, you, you just disappeared. It was a wire thing, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Did so, you kick that thing with your foot again? Yeah, I did. Did you miss any of what I was saying? A lot. Uh, spare cha we, were, we were at spare change and things in your pocket. Okay, yeah, and, and basically the key normally stays with the spare change. And when I was looking for it while waiting for the, com the ambulance ride, I noticed the key wasn't there, and I just assumed that the key was in my pants pocket. But it turns out I couldn't find it in my pants pocket or the bag or, you know, any of my particular clothing items, jacket or any of that stuff. So what I think has happened is it was probably on the coffee table, and I just assumed it was in my pocket. So I'm going to have the landlady, when I know the exact day when I'm coming home, have her bring me a key, uh, you know, beforehand, the day beforehand, so that I'll have the key to get back in, you know, once I arrive. Because sitting around outside ain't going to work. Well, no, it won't. And I imagine in California, possession of burglar's tools is probably still not legal. No, probably not. I think locksmiths. I guess I could call a locksmith, but why go to all that trouble when the landlord has a spare key, a right. backup key? But anyway, have I rambled enough for today? Or? Oh, you're yeah, you're doing fine. No complaints. Uh, in fact, you got a got a couple of pieces of uh, email. Uh, oh. I tell uh, you what, Ralph you said, "Oh no, I hope Scott finds his keys." And uh, Listen, uh, Jude, uh, Jude, who has a long history in nursing and. Um, Hospice care and and residential care said normal range uh, Scott's O2 level is the low end of normal uh, normal range 95 to 100 currently yours at 95 be sure to get up often sitting on the edge of the bed even focus on ever so gentle movements done often will help your respiratory system I know you're doing PT yet when in your room think about movement and align it with the body's systems be free of worry which it sounds like you are just my thoughts says Jude. And um, Jude said, if you have any, any issues there, uh, need any assistance, Jude says, I'm here. Long history of nursing plus a persistent voice. Jude has raised some hell from time to time and does not take oh, yeah. no for an answer. She was an absolute angel uh, for our dear friend Juanita when she was going through some stuff. Well, my, actually, my older brother back in Virginia, not the fascist down south, but my older brother, we need to keep those back, distinctions clear, yes. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the brother has got some freaking sense. Uh, he's always been a good advocate. Uh, you know, when there's something up that's a little beyond my, beyond my um, abilities, he usually goes right to bat for me and gets it handled. Because, like, um, unbeknownst to me, uh, he made some calls when I had first had the problem, when I spent way too much time avoiding coming here or to a hospital, 
he made some calls and did a little research and found out just how serious could be and impressed upon that impressed that impressed that upon me to the point that I saw exactly what he was saying and got off my resistance or, or apathy or whatever and decided to actually call somebody and get get this uh, underway get the care underway so yeah, it's never bad to have people in your corner advocates you know so oh absolutely not but um yeah i just you know it's kind of one of those things where I was, when I was talking to the doctor, I said, really, the only thing going on is the, is the leg pain, but that seems to be treated okay. The swelling in my feet is a reaction, I think he said, to the Celebrex, and they've got the compression stuff, compression uh, socks on both feet, which is addressing the swelling. So it's just a matter of um, balancing everything out until things are back to normal and I'm in my usual routine without having to take a lot of right. meds and stuff because I really don't I really don't like taking too many you know a lot of a lot of stuff like that I mean you know and I joke about the you know the oxy but I would more I would much rather have a clear head a lot of the time than be in a you know a woozy state or a fog or whatever so no sure of course, I say that now. You know, I'll be joking. But I mean, they'll they'll be they'll be they will be sending you home with a walker, right? Oh yeah, I'm gonna. As a matter of fact, I was going over that with the uh, physical therapy lady. I'm gonna get a regular walker, and then I'm gonna get one of these walkers that sort of a deluxe model that um, has uh, wheels on it instead of two wheels in the. And then two yeah. stumps or whatever. With the Make back. sure you get the one with the cup holder. You know what I mean. But it, well, this is this one. It, I didn't see a cup holder, but it's got a seat so that if you're walking and you want to sit down for two minutes, you right. can do that. You can chill. And you can you can get a little you can get a little basket for it. And I don't know if they have cup holders, but if they do, I'll get one of those. And if they have uh, a bell, you know, like on your bicycle, right? And those streamers that you have on the end of the handlebars. I'm going to go the whole nine yards, because how often do you get to use a walker, Robin? I mean, come on. It's a, it's, you know, it's a rarity and a treat, in a sense. I mean, it's a rather unfortunate thing, getting hurt in order to use one. But, but you'll, build, you'll use it, you'll build your strength back up, and then you'll be fully yeah, ambulatory. I'll be, uh, I'll be dancing with the stars or somebody. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, you you, were, you remember Bugs Bunny? Uh, it, what was it? Uh, a hair grows in Brooklyn. Young bugs dancing down the street. She was the daughter of Rosie O'Grady, a regular oh, old-fashioned yeah, quill. <laughs> hey, look, I'm dancing. Hey, and what was the name of that cartoon? A tree? A tr not a tree. No, I think it was a hair grows in Brooklyn. No, okay, I, no, no, because no, because that was one of those that was one of those things that where they 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 made it funny for the grown-ups. A hair grows in Flatbush. Yeah. Ah, okay. Because the, there was an actual pro, uh, a movie, a, a play called. A there was a book. A tree goes. A tree grows in Brooklyn. Yeah. With and the movie was Shirley Booth and uh, Burt Lancaster, as I recall. 
and maybe some others that I've forgotten. Somebody can look it up. You know, years from now, and I'm talking about after the two of us and the rest of us are all gone and nearly forgotten, there's going to be a record of this somewhere. And some kid working on a senior paper or a thesis of some sort is going to come over this archive, you know, and, and use this as the basis for just a snippet of what life was like in this era, <laughs> you know, before everything changed or a big cataclysm happened. Or what was that word, the, the, the great endangerment or the, the ultimate meltdown? Or Why am I resistant to remembering that term that you used? This is the second time I've asked you. The great oh, 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 accelerationist. Ah, uh, the accelerationists, yeah. And until that shit comes to pass, which I hope is never to tell you. Well, I mean, we're kind of in the middle of it right now. Do you know where your roommate went? Uh, I think he's just... Okay, yeah. Well, we thought somebody was missing there for a minute, and I knew it was I, I thought I heard it. Do you know where your roommate went? I don't think staff should be asking. <laughs> That's kind of their job. Well, that was my thought. I didn't want to say it out loud, you know. But... Uh, <laughs> no, see, the weird thing is, I didn't even notice him leave. I'm so wrapped up in this. So, and, and the two of us may be the only two or in any way, shape, or form wrapped up in this. Who knows what the one family's doing? Are they even there? Can you wave us? Uh, do that uh, that uh, thing on ships where they communicate ship to ship? Semaphore? With the... So, well, not the flags, the thing with the... Uh, with the blinking the light? Yeah, what is that called? That's Morse code. Oh. Oh. Where they... It's like Venetian blinds. Yeah. The light, you can see the light, and you don't see the light. Yeah. Does it, it, does it use Morse code, though? I'm pretty sure that's Morse code. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. The things and, we get into here. Well, that's what I mean. Years from now, eons from now, when the when someone digs down to this level of uh, detritus or whatever archaeologists call it, they're going to come across this archive and be waiting. These are no. These are the tailings. Trust me. These are the tailings. Are these the tailings? Yes. God, I was hoping we'd do. Well, uh, by the way, you're going to have to do a, You're going to have to do a little bit of a recap for Shorty. Shorty said Scott and a Walker. Wait, Scott Walker? Wait, he was governor of Wisconsin. Stop it. No, uh, that was Junior Walker. <laughs> no, Scott, uh, Scott and a Walker? What the hell happened, please? What happened? I'm getting worried here. What happened to my brother Scott, uh, Shorty wants to know. Shorty? Yeah, basically, Shorty, I had a fall in my home. Uh, it seems like forever ago, but it was only like 12, 15, 18 days, something like that. And I live alone, and I was on the floor, and I couldn't get up past my knees, and I couldn't even get to the phone initially. So that was day number one. And then day number two, I just kind of pulled some pillows down and laid on those for a while. And then day by day number three, I had sense enough to call my relative back east, the one I'm still more or less on speaking terms with, and he urged me to go with all deliberate speed to the phone and to dial 911 so that they would take me to a number of places, the hospital, and then now here to get this uh, 
uh, handled. And basically, it was a problem with uh, uh, my sciatic nerve and my leg went out from under me and I couldn't get back up. I was literally that, uh, that old lady in the commercial. I you were the help me and I can't, get yeah, I fall and I can't get up yeah. person, yeah. And I'm telling you, I am reconsidering my skepticism as to the value of that product. Um, I, I think, I, yes, I, yeah. Who do you get? Who do you get on the other end? Is it an operator, or then they? Well, and I, I mean, you're you're an you're an iPhone person, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, well, the Apple Watch has an "I've fallen and I can't get up" function too. Oh, does the phone? No. Because I don't have the watch. But if but but because it's a wearable, if you go down, um, it will you know. Do you you know it'll sit you know? Did you fall and can't get up? Yeah, doesn't it? It senses that you've made a strange movement. Well, with some people, wouldn't they have to get a baseline before they can determine what's strange? I mean, seriously. Well, I, I think it's based on the gyroscope that's in the you know the the software gyroscope. Well, I mean, you'd really have to go ass over tea kettle to trigger a a call because. All I did was go down and couldn't get back up, and that's that's nothing. Well, what I'm what I'm suggesting that. is you might want to think about that simply because you get more functions with the Apple Watch than you do with the and and what is it, Medic Alert of Turlock, California? Yeah, I have the Medic Alert bracelet. You know what mine says on the other side? On one side is the logo with red letters, Medic Alert, and then the medical sign with the snake coming up the staff or whatever that is. And caduceus. Side, I've got a, a who? It's a caduceus. caduceus. Or if you want the Latin pronunciation, it's a caduceus. Caduceus. Well, anyway, I have two medical alert bracelets. I have the actual one, which needs updating, but I have a trick one. And you, because on the back of it, they list your medical condition. So on the front is medical alert in red, and then the caduceus and the uh, the thing there. And you turn it over, and on the trick, medical alert bracelet, my condition is hypochondria. And I, I always figured, if I actually did use that, and someone found me, that they'd have play hell trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Wouldn't they, uh, for hypochondria? I don't know. He, he says well, just, you want, to, if you, if you want to make sure you're wearing the right one, but you, no, you need some sort of an alert system. Yeah. Well, I'm going to look into that, because... I don't think I will do the watch, but I certainly will consider the medical alert thing. But, and I used to make fun of that poor woman on the TV commercial, and now I am one, you know? After really? Some, You're the woman on the TV? No, Scott, I never knew. I Welcome, honey. You're valid. We see you. <laughs> but in the sense that I, I've fallen and I can't get up was, I said that several times out loud, Robin. Come on. You know, it was, it was a hell. It was a scary deal. I mean, well, yes, it is. But and Randy Radar explains to me, uh, in both the iPhone and the Apple Watch, there is an accelerometer. Accelerometer. Yes, an accelerometer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to look for that. Well, don't go is looking it for it. Don't try to take the back off of it or anything. But no, no, no. I mean, no. That's uh, how it. That's I mean, how it knows if you go ass over tea kettle. Hmm. I didn't know. 
I did not know that. Well, I'll tell you what, Robin. I, uh, I'm going to run. Well, we're pretty much out of time, but I did, because because you are, just one last thing before you go, mm -hmm. I have a treat for you, because you are, you know, you, you, you're, you're the, you're, you know, you're the horns, uh, both JFK and Watergate correspondent. Yeah. And today, you know, you've heard. Right, you've, you, wait a minute, you talk and I'll listen, okay? Hang on. Okay. So, uh, well. I mentioned earlier that George George Santos said that he did, in fact, lie about where he didn't go to school, and he lied about his business, and there's an argument uh, that he's probably lied about being Jewish. I mean, I would think that you could, well, no, we don't have to, we don't have to go there. Uh, uh, he has said... And this is why I'm saved this for Scott toward the end. He has said, I am not a crook. That's a beautiful thing. Now, I'm not a criminal, not here, not abroad. In any jurisdiction in the world have I ever committed any crimes. Uh, to get down to the nit and gritty, it's the nitty gritty, Georgia. Lied about that, too. I'm not a fraud. I'm not a criminal. I'm not a criminal who defrauded the entire country and made up this fictional character and ran for Congress. I've been around a long time. I mean, a lot of people know me. They know who I am. They've done business dealings with me. I'm not going to make excuses for this. But a lot of people overstate in their resumes or twist a little bit. I'm not saying I'm not guilty of that, but I'm not a crook. So I figured Scott would enjoy a well, nice little dose of I'm not a crook. Here's the deal, though. Over the years, I've seen him come and I've seen him go from Nixon all the way up or all the way down, okay? And he's a piker, I mean, compared to some of them that both of us have seen come and go over the years. Uh, I mean... It is a rarity, though, that they'll actually admit to something, because most of the time you've got to have them almost in court before they, uh, you know, before they make any sort of an admission of, of any sort of wrongdoing, or they'll minimize something of, of greater import that they've done. But he seems to be coming right out and say it, so that it seems to be a refreshing change of pace. But it's not going to make any difference, is it? I mean... No, because there's no constitutional prescription of lying your way into office. Yeah, and on the other hand, it, now he's in there now, right? Or will be soon. Is that correct? Yes, he'll... he'll, he'll uh, January 3rd, they'll swear him into, uh, into office. Okay, and at that point, won't the Ethics uh, Committee uh, take a look? No, because this happened before he took office. Oh. Isn't so that the, just fun? The civil authorities will have to look into it. No, I don't but think anybody's going to look into anything. Oh, well, see, I haven't been following that particular fellow because... I mean, I let's, it. just, just, well, okay, just to... Just, um, he admitted that he had never worked for Citigroup or Goldman Sachs, even though he said he did. He said that was a poor choice of words because the company he worked for worked for Citigroup, but whatever... And 
he also said he went to uh, Baruch, uh, Baruch College and NYU and got degrees at both places. Yeah, that uh, that too is a no. That's an and he rec- he refers to it as resume embellishment. Oh, horseshit! It's lying. It's lying. Don't give me this terminological inexactitude crap. That sounds like it could have come right out of Spiro Agnew's mouth. Well, let's see. Where do I know that from? That was uh, Winston Churchill. You in in Parliament, you could or the House of Lords, whichever he was in. You couldn't call a fellow member a liar, so he got around it, or someone during his day got around it by accusing the other member of being guilty of a terminological inexactitude, which I think is a lovely way to put it. Well, it's it's, like and a it's and it's a whole lot more of a uh, it's a whole lot more of a mouthful than liar, and so it sticks around longer. Yeah, it's. it's uh, it, it, it's just uh, what is the word uh, euphemism? Yes. Well, I, I, may, I may have spoken too early because Ralphs tells me that um, New York Attorney General Tish James may be looking into George Santos. Good. Maybe there's some election Good. fraud there. I mean, that 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 might work. Please tell me he's not a Democrat. No, 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 he's not. Oh good. I I no I I read no no reason to think that. I mean, he's not a city. He's not a former worker at Citigroup or, or 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 Goldman Sachs. He didn't go to Baruch College. He didn't go to NYU. He's probably not a Jew. The question is, is he even a human being at this point? Or or is he or or did he come to us from that, from amongst the amorphous limbed, the amorphous multi limbed aliens of Norblap Nine? Well, they have tests. Now, sophisticated tests to uh, to determine that sort of thing. I think they ran one on me uh, during the check-in process, as I recall. I was a little hazy back then, but anyway. Understood. Well, Scott, anyway, uh, I'm glad to know that you may be getting out of the home. I wanted to bring the uh, Horn family, you and the Horn family, up to date on that. I'm very happy, thrilled at the news. My little heart is pounding with excitement. And I, like a like a zebra tap dancing on a fresh plate of lemon jello. That's how thrilled I am. So, lemon jello. Look that up, your funkin' wagonal. Yeah, Captain Amanda. Yeah, we we keep a mayonnaise jar there on their porch. <laughs> Scott, take Since care of yourself, huh? I will, Robin and Horn family. Take care. Be well. I uh, hope that you get everything done before the end of the year that you want it done in 2022. And that your 2023 is just more fun than you could possibly stand, and then some. Indeed, indeed. Scott, Alrighty. go go for. I mean, you know, you're you're three hours behind, so you know they should be bringing you your fruit cup fruit cup any minute now. Oh yeah, dinner time is probably between now and 5:30, and I'm ready. Then I take a shower. Ooh, huh. ooh. Oh. I got my ducky. I'm all set to go. Quack. We had our ducky yesterday. Ferg roasted it. Anyway, see you, Scott. Uh, a real duck? Yes. That sounds delicious. With orange I sauce. Duck. Oh, I love duck that way. Send it was... me, next time you have it, ship me a wing. <laughs> we'll let it fly. We'll let it fly to you by itself. Okay, there you go. Save on stamps. <laughs> see right. you, Scott. Take care, Robin. Bye. Good night. And so that's uh, this.
Boxing Day Monday. And, you know, because we had a George, uh, George Santos story, that means we had, uh, we had a Moran, so that, fill, uh, that checked that box. All right, so fundraising to end... Fundraising to end 2022 stands at $1,435. And believe you me, every penny of it has somewhere to go. And none of it is going into the uh, maintenance of the Gulfstream 5 or the, uh, or the pancreas-shaped Olympic-sized swimming pool. or No, it's going to places like Appalachian Power and West Virginia American Water and Chantel and the phone company. And, <sighs> yeah. Thank you for the birthday wishes for Ferg. Thank you, uh, uh, thank you Shorty. Thanks to each and every one of you who helped keep the program on the air. Thanks to our PayPal and Patreon uh, subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thank you so very much. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to Sparky and Steve and Roger uh, moderating in the chat room this evening. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, headon.live. Remember, brand new Fresh Malloy on the way, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. The best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is headon.live. And, oh, by the way, um, tomorrow through Friday, Tara and I will be filling in for Mike Malloy. And so I hope you enjoy that as much as we will enjoy doing it. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And safe travels to you, Mike Malloy. Uh, whither, whithersoever thou mayst go. Um, thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop for almost a year now. Please stay safe, get your booster, get your flu shot, wipe down your surfaces, help stop the spread of RSV. We're back, it's back to mask wearing time. So thanks for the, please do that for yourself and for others. Wash your hands, don't, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer. And uh, keep your social distance 15 to 20 feet, uh, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And uh, If some little dude walks up to you saying, well, I mean, I've lied about my entire life, but that doesn't make me a criminal. I avoid that uh, little not-yet-sworn-in member of the House of Representatives like the plague, because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later. <laughs>